it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. New studies determine that people in relationships can detect infidelity in their partner's voice, especially when their voice says, oh, you're home early. That's <laughs> <laughs> eh, pretty funny. I missed that joke. It's disturbing. It's getting ready for something. Can you tell it to me that again? That is one of the most exquisite samples of humor I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I missed it somehow. The moment is <laughs> and it disintegrated after playing. Go ahead. Let me hear it again. <laughs> it's short. Go ahead. A new study has determined that people in relationships can detect infidelity in their partner's voice, especially when their voice says, oh, you're home early. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Nice. That is pretty funny. So this could change things. Huh. So California is going to move up their presidential primary from the middle of summer to March. That's correct, sir. You know the how... ancient and allegedly syphilitic government signed the measure only yesterday. So you know how it's been forever, and you know if you live in California, you're, you're aware of it, but the whole country's aware of it. The big prize out there is hanging out there, and almost always the decision's already been made on both sides Right. by the time you get to California, with rare exceptions. So whoever's clearly going to win just wins by more, yeah. thanks to California. Yeah. And now it's going to be moved up to right after, so you, you'll have again, for the presidential election in 2020, you'll go with... Iowa and New Hampshire, for whatever reasons that we decided that that's the way we start. Tradition. But we're going to keep it that way. And then Nevada and South Carolina, and then boom, you get to Texas, Virginia, and California right after those. Wow. Texas and California? Boy, there's your prize. It's a monster. I wonder if that's going to change things to where Iowa and New Hampshire don't mean that much, and it's all about freaking Texas and California. Well, I think you've got to be in cable news or not paying attention to to give uh, New Hampshire and Iowa the outsized influence that some people claim they have because they, they indicate practically nothing. You win Iowa, you're, that's good. It's it's better than not winning, but it's no indicator of much. I mean, sometimes you win Iowa, you lose. You know, you're not even close. Yeah, but sometimes you, you go on to win. Yeah, but if you in the past though, if you lost those first two, you're almost always like 99 percent of the time you're done. It's hard to get money. Yeah, yeah, but I, that might be over, which might be fine. I have no idea. Yeah, I think the republic will survive. I, I just don't know how you're going to campaign. How uh, all these different people with limited budgets are going to campaign in Texas and California, these giant states? You can't. Really? And then it comes down to more just like radio ads and, and Russian Twitter rumors. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, as it comes down to, to money. As opposed to the town halls, which is which great with those tiny states. They actually meet the candidates, usually like five times right. before they go and caucus or vote. Mm-hmm. Now Much it's more gonna retail. Be, yeah. I heard a Twitter rumor that he's running a check child sex ring out of his yogurt shop. Or you know, that's of dollars worth of completely phony, ridiculous ads. Yeah. That will be virtually the entire, you know input to the electorate, which well, I don't think is healthy. One interesting thing is both parties, Republicans don't want Trump to do what he did again. They don't want that. We pick a candidate long before. Remember, one thing we learned last time around, this whole voting thing is just trying to make you feel like you're part of the process. The parties have an intention of who they want. Mm-hmm. They didn't like Bernie upsetting things on the D side, and they didn't like Trump upsetting things on the R side. Mm-hmm. We had a candidate, Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton, and you guys all messed it up with your stupid voting. So they're trying to come up with a system, both parties, so that won't happen again. I think. Hmm. Just for the record, are we talking about the 2020 election at this point? Well, it's because they changed the system yesterday. Yeah, you can make whatever excuse you want. You brought up the 2020 election. Admit it. Hmm. So the gals in Saudi Arabia not nearly as cheery about uh, getting the right to drive as you might think for some really interesting reasons. We'll get to that. And uh, once again, speaking of women and their sacred rights, for instance, to play football in panties, the all-woman lingerie football league has announced that it will stand for the national anthem. So far, I'm trying out this next offseason. <laughs> good, good luck. The league, which recently rebranded itself as the Legends Football League, instead of the Lingerie Football League. Evidently, they didn't have the money to change the logo, so they had to come up with an L word. <laughs> legends Football League. A bunch of 22-year-olds in panties are legends in what sense? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Why do you think that Judge Roy Moore uh, radio interview that we played came out the day after the election? Who was who was sitting on that? I don't know. And why would you put it out at all if you're going to wait till after the election? Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing that uh, confuses me about it the most and makes me wonder about its authenticity or something, although I haven't heard anybody claim it's not real. Mm. Interesting. Hey, uh, anything uh, interesting on the text line about the, uh, the the Raiders scandal? No. No. Okay, interesting. Maybe nobody cares. Nobody cares about the NFL. Sean, anything breaking? Our breaking story? That the Raiders' offensive line intentionally let Derek Carr get his ass kicked. No, the most recent because thing because he wouldn't stand because he wouldn't sit during the anthem with them. No, the latest latest <laughs> thing I saw was the the offensive lineman responding to that question on Instagram, saying, "If you think that, I don't know what to tell you." In kind of a weird denial, non denial sort of statement. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so just very quickly, we touched on this as we were talking about the tax reform effort and everything. And, uh, you know, I would like to flog this at length, um, tomorrow during the show, but just very briefly, we talked about the UC pension situation where there are, what was it? 5,400, more than 5,400 retirees from the University of California system that are going to make $100,000 a year for that, doing nothing. That can't or more be true. In it, retirement. It can't be that many. And the LA Times has helpfully pointed out that to have that sort of income during your retirement, 100 k coming in from your investments and savings and, and such, you'd have to save at least $2 million and probably $3 million Which when you retired. only really, really successful people get to pull off. Very small percentage of human beings uh, get to accumulate that sort of wealth and then have a hundred k coming in 
during their retirement. And how old are some of these retirees? If you're gonna if you're gonna come up with two or three million dollars of retirement, a lot of people that the very few could do it, and if you could do it, you might be sixty five when you retire. I'll bet a lot of these people are a lot younger than that. Right. Right. Um, so you're getting that kind of retirement, and you're like 50 years old. That's amazing. Why would you? I, ever... I just wish I'd signed up for the deal. Oh yeah, you know, like I it's said, a great scam. Like I said the other day, I start my life over again at age 20. I move to California and figure out how to get into the state system. Yeah, if your thievery is uh, passed as a law in the place where you live, then it's not thievery anymore, and that's just clever. My favorite poster boy for this, and the L.A. Times again to the credit. Really played him up. Mark Udoff, former university president. He gets $357,000 a year in retirement. 357k a year. Now, if to get 100k, you'd have to have $3 million in the bank or, or so. Well, then obviously this guy's like a $10 million in the bank guy. He's living like somebody who accumulated $10 million. Well, he was a UC president, after all. I mean, that can't be easy work. You know, give me give me a week to get up to speed. I'll give it a try. But listen to this. He worked at the university for only seven years. Wow. And wow. one of those years was a paid sabbatical, so he didn't do anything. He went off and, 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 and they lived among the yaksmen of Upper Kirkutsk or something. <laughs> so he only worked six years, but wait, one of those six years, he taught a class. Why would anybody ever craft a society where people are getting this sort of wealth off the uh so-called public service. I mean, why would you ever craft a society like that? So you'd permanently get their votes. Well, right. It's very, right. very simple. But no, you, to craft a society. Right, yeah. You wouldn't. Yeah. So uh, your top guy is uh, somebody by the name of John Bishop. Um, He can only move diagonally. <laughs> It's a chess joke, everybody. <laughs> little, I like it. little chess humor. For I everybody. like it. <laughs> it's not nearly enough of that, I'm always John. I'm working on teaching my kids that and uh, grasping those. Yeah, everybody can grasp the rook, the bishop. Grasping the, the, the horse. The, That's the, the hard one. very tricky. That's and the hard one. a secret weapon of all experts. Absolutely. The horse. Are you eight years old? <laughs> so somebody, I call it the horse. I call it the castle. Now, nine of the top ten pension earners spent decades at the university system. So at least they're not this Udoff character who's just, you know what? I don't care, though. A lot of people spend decades at their job. They don't get to retire like they were among the most successful people in America. Right, right. But here's 336K, 346K, 331, 366, 356. All these guys making over $330,000 a year for being retired. Just it's it's jaw dropping. It's criminal. And, it's and, criminal. And, and unless it was illegal, <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, last year there was a fifteen billion dollar gap between the amount on hand and the amount that the university system owes to current and future retirees. Fifteen billion dollar gap. Lawrence McQuillan, author of California Dreaming: Lessons on How to Resolve America's Public Pension Crisis, says, "I think this year's higher tuition is just the beginning of bailouts." And kids, are you listening to this? Oh, yeah, Joe, we 20-year-olds listen to lots of AM talk radio. Good, good. (laughs) He says, I think this year's higher tuition is just the beginning of bailouts by students and their parents. 
of the University Fat Cats. The students had nothing to do with creating this, but they are going to be the piggy bank to solve the problem in the long run. This should be all anybody's talking about in California. I mean, my God, how much mewling and crying and moaning do you hear about the right to an education and... We've got to let the poor people attend colleges and affirmative action and, and, and dreamers and, and illegal immigrants should be getting in-state tuition and all of it. I mean, it's, it, people, it's important to people, but nobody's talking about it. You don't want to hear about this, do you? You just want to hear about your football players. Are they kneeling or aren't they? Play the music! Got this uh, text. My stepbrother retired from the California Department of Forestry and Fire at age 55 with a six-figure salary. So you're living the life of somebody who made gazillions of dollars throughout their career and retiring at 55. Man, you won the lottery, you do that. Wandering around in the woods, checking the trees for grubs. (laughs) Now retiring like a fat cat. Did you see the tweet that Lena Lena Dunham uh, put out about Donald Trump being like Dylan Roof? The guy who shot up that church? Oh, for God's Have sake. Have you heard this? She no, deleted it. I saw it, the but... headline and I rolled my eyes and moved on because I, I I don't want to give her the air. It's amazing. You want to reset she up? She needs a lot of air, too. Big gal, too. You know, a little sweaty. Wow, you know wow, that's body shape shot. That is, that's huh? beneath you. Very unnecessary. Oh, wow. There's very little that's beneath me. You'll know, Everyone will notice I didn't laugh. <laughs> um, I held up my disavow sign. Yep, absolutely. Disavow. A uh, bunch of stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So, Steph Curry is not happy with Sports Illustrated and has said it out loud, and I don't blame him. It's kind of interesting. Sports Illustrated trying to cash in on Steph Curry's fame. He's, if not the most popular athlete in America right now, he's in the top two, right? Um, sure. So Sports Illustrated's cover this week is A Nation Divided Sports United, and it's sports figures linking arm. It's Photoshop because these people weren't actually together in a room. But it's got Steph Curry in the middle in the front. Uh, between Roger Goodell and LeBron James. <laughs> and uh, and Steph Curry said, first of all, why is Colin Kaepernick not on the cover? I mean, he's he's the face of this issue and the discussion and everything. I'm barely involved at all. Roger Goodell gave a very <laughs> tepid response to it where he right. tried to have it both ways. I'm not linking arms with him. So he's That's unha- great. He's unhappy with Sports Illustrated doing it. That's great. Yeah. You know, I, I disagree with some of the stuff Steph Curry has said, but he's a down-to-earth enough guy that being dragged into a heated national debate and chucked around as a symbol has got to be a little uncomfortable And for made him. the center of it. Like, you're the guy. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's busy ra- raising his charmingly precocious daughter. He's barely involved at all. Anywho. So, Anderson Cooper, who's delightful, had yeah, a uh, town hall yesterday. Yeah, Town Hall was addressing kind of the protests and the issues, had a lot of former players, had uh, Spike Lee, a couple of former military people, all just kind of around discussing this thing. Uh, towards the end, he brought on a couple of Seahawks. The one you will hear in this clip is uh, wide receiver Doug Baldwin. Where does this go? What, how, how does this go from, you know, a protest on the field to actual change? I, you know, I don't expect you to have an answer or anybody to have a, a particular answer, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are 
on that and where the protests go. Does it does it continue? Do you think? Uh, first, first and foremost, I want to go back to something that the Reverend said earlier. Uh, he said that the Boston Tea Party got this kicked off. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, you're incorrect. It was the Boston Massacre that happened three years prior to that when uh, nine British police officers, armed uh, police officers, uh, gunned down some unarmed Americans. That's where this got kicked off. And I think that's ironic that we're talking about uh, this topic tonight. Hold on. Um, wait a second. Look at the NFL player dropping the uh, the Revolutionary War period history. Huh? Well, I have to differ with him. I think it had a lot more to do with the Stamp Act. But I wow see his point. How about that, though, huh? Huh? Get an NFL player on there, not just grunting and sweating. Has some perspective on this. That was this. a good point. It was good. Yeah. Um, you asked me, uh, Heinz Ward, you want to see players doing something on Tuesday. I would invite you to come. Oh, yeah, quick note. Tuesday is very often NFL team's off day. So he's saying, mm-hmm. I want you guys to do something on your off days in your community, was was the accusation. Um, you asked me, uh, Heinz Ward, you want to see players doing something on Tuesday. I would invite you to come to Seattle and see what we have done every Tuesday on our off day uh, last year since this conversation has been has been talked about. And you asked me, Anderson Cooper, what, what can be done? Uh, what, what's the next steps? Well, we've been saying what the next steps are for a very long time. Uh, for me and for, for my teammates, I don't speak for all of us, but for, for our message that we've been trying to get across, number one, we want more resources for our law enforcement so that they can uh, experience better de-escalation tactics, better policies, better protocols, so that issues and situations like Tamir Rice don't happen. Mm. I was a young man, uh, once 12 years old, playing around in my uh, neighborhood, playing cops and robbers. And, and I had toy guns, and I can only imagine what it would be like if I had a friend that got shot and killed in those situations. Number two, I know that the rebuttal is going to be about um, you should handle yourself accordingly when you interact with law enforcement. Well, let's put the D.A.R.E. program back into schools. Let's, let's start funding more education programs. Let's start putting more resources in our public school system in general. Uh, so you want to know what's the next steps? That's what we're asking for, uh, and we've been saying that since day one. That guy should not uh, should not submit his brain to beatings on a uh, on every Sunday. Yeah, I say we give him a pension so he can stop playing football and start, you know, talking sense. Well done, Doug. Well done. Um, I actually do. I still have that. Yeah, I do. A couple of very eloquent eloquent yins and yangs about the issue. Um, people making really really good points about. You know, why we fly the flag and why disrespecting it for some vague cause is really hurtful to people, blah, blah, blah. It's very nicely put. And then somebody making a uh, an equally eloquent point on the other side. And it's just it's impossible to me that people of those two opinions can't trade ideas and say, oh, now I get where you're coming from. Oh, I didn't mean any disrespect. I see what you mean. Oh, you value, you know, liberty and and. Uh, you know, everybody getting their, their rights, too. I see. We just looked at it a different way. But, you know, the, the way the media is set up and, and Sports Illustrated and what... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Ever, my God, the last thing they want to do is end the conflict. They did, want more conflict. Did you get any sense, Sean, from the Anderson Cooper thing of when it ends or if it ends or like in terms of the protest, yeah. their plans? No, I don't think so. there's no like set end date. And and the only reason it escalated as much as it did this past weekend was oh, because sure. of Trump's involvement oh, yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder what's going to happen this weekend, or if at some point, you know, some of the players think, okay, that's yeah, enough of that. I'm going to go back to standing. And it hurts my knee, or you know, I don't know. Um, or if it grows, for all I know. Right, and it's also not like there's one. There, there aren't weekly meetings that they go to and they discuss their kneeling strategies in, you know, league-wide, at least the, the, that I'm aware of. The, it, the, the, the national psychological reaction to it, though, I'm going to be interested in this yeah. weekend. If ratings are down a lot, there's going to be some serious panic going on among advertisers, among networks, among NFL owners, and, and then I don't know where it goes. I really don't. Because then all they're going to be caring about is, all Tide's going to be caring about is, hey, we're we're spending a lot of money on these commercials, and we're not getting the audience we were promised. That's that's going to be driving the conversation, right? Yeah, you're making our customers mad because remember, it's a TV show. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, okay, so here uh, I found him. Darren is quoting Tony Kornheiser, who's a mildly annoying sports commentator on the dying ESPN. He's like if if Larry David talked sports all the time. <laughs> well described. <laughs> Um, uh, Kornheiser said this roughly. Here's the thing. I want to stand for the anthem. I also want my black friends to be able to kneel or stand with their fists up or cry or scream or protest any way they want. I am an immigrant. I love my country. I love my flag. I love my anthem. I also love that others get to protest injustice or perceived injustice or hell. They can protest the high price of lottery tickets. I don't care. I love it all. Then he said, my problem is that the president took away the middle ground. He took away my ability to stand proudly next to my buddy who's kneeling at the game and be proud of him, too, et cetera, et cetera. And then, uh, uh, well, and then we got a number of eloquent expressions of we're honoring the ideals of this country, which have given everyone you can't protest the downside unless you're recognizing the upside and you should respect all the people who've suffered to get you the rights that you're exercising and have made you a buttload of money. It's, it's our, and, you know, we don't have time to get into it, but a, a number of people feel that, and, and I certainly uh, see their point. I like this, though. This is an angle we have. Well, you and I have talked about this. Virtually nobody else has. Uh, this is from the always intriguing C-Busy. Regarding the NFL kneeling controversy... Um, including uh, everybody, including the POTUS, only talks about the patriotism angle. Is it anti-American? Is it peaceful protesting? Which is American? Nobody's talking about this. Is it okay to hijack an audience for your protest, regardless of the merits? If I'm a DJ at a wedding... <laughs> I like where this is going. <laughs> do I have the right to start the festivities with a personal protest? What if I'm a pilot? Can I give a quick political speech before taxing? Both are peaceful, right? 
Still, most people would answer, absolutely not, no freaking way. It's very that's similar. That's not what you're here for. That's not what you're paid for. It'd be very similar in that that's your job, but you have the right to do it, but you could lose your job for doing it. It doesn't make your customers happy. Some of your customers will like it. A lot of your customers will be just like, I don't care either way. I just want to watch a football game or fly to Chicago right. or, or dance at this wedding or whatever. And to use the social pressure narrative, how dare they not use their platform? Oh, you're yeah, a wedding exactly. DJ. You have hundreds of people. <laughs> yes. Every hey, weekend, you've got a microphone and 300 people on your plane five times a day. Right, you're not going to use your platform for for good. Right, right. <laughs> you're a wedding DJ. You've got all these people standing here. You're just going to play shout when you could lecture them about the current tax rates. And that's exactly what kneeling and or the black power fist is doing before and during games. They are hijacking for their own purposes, no matter the righteousness of their cause, an audience that came for a specific and different purpose. If the if the pilot started to make, I almost said pirate, argh, you know what I believe in. I believe in booty. Did you almost drop another S-bomb like you did yesterday? Do you have that clip handy, Sean? False we... accusation. False accusation. I'm being railroaded. This is, this is Joe yesterday. We played this earlier this morning. I'm talking about, oh. I was horrified when I heard this yesterday. Oh, please. I talking almost... about working class people in their lives? I mean, she, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no, Sam? no, 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 no. That's, that's, no. That's no. So clearly Joe dropping an S-bomb. No. Number My one. My computer was doing the weird thing again where it played by itself. That's right. Sean didn't play that. It played by itself. Yeah. Uh, number one, I am from Chicago, not Louisiana. When I say that word, it's one syllable. <laughs> I mean, if I say ship, it's ship. It's not she-ip. So I was that. saying she it. Let's hear that one more and, time. And then I decided. <laughs> talking be, about working class people right. in their lives. I mean, she, I don't know. No, 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 I have many thoughts. My mind is a fertile garden <laughs> in which in which grow many ideas. And, and I switched ideas. <laughs> I switched ideas mid sentence there. Yeah. So uh again, I'm being falsely accused. Right. Uh I love this. So back to the uh oh my god, look how late it is. Back to the hijacking theme. Sean, would you watch a Game of Thrones if Jon Snow pinned up MAGA button over his fur pelt? <laughs> it's the same thing. It's an individual stealing an audience he or she didn't build for the purpose the audience didn't come for. I almost bailed because of an Ed Sheeran cameo, so yeah, that probably would have that probably would have rubbed me the wrong way. Off. It made you swear at your TV. Sheep. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, you remember NSA leaker reality winner? How she stole the top secret documents will amaze you. That's right. Her name was Reality Winner. Yes. International push to set up a permanent village on the moon now within a few years. And <laughs> next week, the juice will be on the loose. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Dear Reality Winner, you have a stupid name. Signed, Strippers. <laughs> Stay tuned for the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, if you haven't seen the video, Steve Scalise, the uh, congressman that was shot at that baseball field, he walked into the Capitol today using two canes. I mean, you're yeah. you're in, you're in rough physical shape when yeah. you walk with two canes. That's something. He's yeah. on sixty minutes Sunday night. You know, it's it's a, a great thing he's alive. Realize he's still struggling, but uh, wow. You know, Nora O'Donnell is going to ask him a question about Trump's heated head rhetoric leading to his shooting. Oh, good. You know that's going to happen on 60 Minutes. Super.
How about the news now with Marsha Phillips? Well, you remember accused NSA leaker Reality Winner. She has talked now extensively with the FBI, and during those discussions, she revealed she smuggled classified information folded in half, hidden in her pantyhose, out of an NSA facility in Georgia. Kicking it old school. So what did she leak? Is she the one that was the worst leak in our uh, our history? No, she, Is she was, that one? No, she was the uh, one that leaked the information uh, to the media outlet, The Intercept, about Russian interference in the 2016 mm. election, mm. including information about hacking into a voting machine software supplier. She admitted in the FBI interview she read reports of the Russian efforts to compromise voter data and wondered why the information she possessed wasn't public. She said, it made me really mad. I guess I just didn't care about myself at that point. Yeah, I screwed up royalty, royally. And when her told the agent, you know, there was no security stopped it, stopping her from lifting the information. Let's be straight. There's little to no security on documents, she said. Nobody pats you down. That's what I don't get with Bradley Manning or whoever. You have these low-level employees... She doesn't come off as very bright there, at least the quotes you're reading. Right. Uh, these people have access to secrets that can damage the country? Why do we do that? Then you copy them out, fold them in half, put them in your pantyhose, and walk out the door. That's not the way I would do it. Anyway, she's facing at least nine years in prison if, if the case goes to trial and she's found guilty. European Space Agency wants to set up a permanent village on the moon. The ESE, or ESA rather, is promoting a moon colony to take the place of the International Space Station when it's decommissioned in 2024. The agency is taking part in an annual gathering of global space experts, saying a moon village is the first step towards exploring Mars. NASA and the Russian Space Agency have signed a cooperation agreement to work on the Lunar Space Station and the village. The meeting's going to wrap up tomorrow with details from Lockheed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Martin about its Mars base camp and Elon Musk of SpaceX is going to outline a new design for an interplanetary transport system that would take humans to Mars. I wonder if the moon village will need an idiot. <laughs> so so the Mars mission is going to launch from the moon? Apparently that's what they're, that'll be the first step, yeah. Yes, saves yep. a lot of fuel. So it's got a layover. The trip to Mars has a layover. <laughs> yeah, not a direct And it's like flight. one of those weird trips where you're like traveling clear across country and you have a layover like 45 minutes from where you left. Right, yeah. very frustrating. But anyway, this is moving along really, really quickly. I didn't realize they were going to decommission the International Space Station in 2024. After nine years behind bars, O.J. Simpson could be released on parole as early as Monday. I do vote to grant parole. Thank you. Two months after Simpson was unanimously granted parole, Nevada's getting ready for his much-anticipated release. It's expected he's going to be moved from Lovelock uh, Correctional Center to another prison outside of Las Vegas just before they let him go. Keeping in mind that unanimous vote to let him go was without the information that he had been convicted of uh, spousal abuse, spousal abuse mm-hmm. and they didn't have that information and allowed him to sit there and say, I've never done anything wrong in my life. I'm a great guy. 
Except I've for being con- conflict. Yeah, except for being convicted, actually convicted, of spousal abuse. Anyway, juice could be on the loose as of Monday, and that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. We got a text of uh, people want asking you, Marshall, what was Hugh Hefner like in high school? <laughs> I never knew the man. Not funny. You spent a, uh, a big night at the uh, the mansion, though. I did. I went to. The, I, it wasn't at night. It was during the daytime. Uh-huh. Was, I was actually a picnic. I was actually dating a couple of the bunnies at one point. Oh my! So when you were, how long we worked together? You've never told us that. You son of a bitch! I think I've hinted at some of these things. Don't tell. Show us the pictures. Which ones? An Encyclopedia Brown book. Just dropping clues. <laughs> Hopefully we'll find it. A couple of them at sim uh, simultaneously. Or? No different times this would be back around 73 74 you know so when uh, when you were there Hugh wasn't there but the party continued even when Hugh wasn't at the mansion oh yeah this was some sort of meet and greet I can't remember exactly who it was for but a bunch of us were there a lot of radio people were you in the grotto I walked by the grotto but I was not in the grotto no we spent most it was mostly outside gotcha that's where we that's where I saw the peacocks and uh, roaming about of course lately it just smells like your grandpa's house Actually, from what I've heard, you're not far off. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. You evidently did not see a path to victory. That just the. Well, my advisors told me that a. New York billionaire who's changed parties a number of times couldn't be elected. <laughs> so I fired them. That's old Bloomberg with a funny line. You're not Donald Trump, though. You couldn't have pulled it off. He could. Um, so perhaps you've seen this video or heard of this sound. Oh, that was for here. That's excellent. I should have that. Where? Oh, there we go. I will walk off, don't touch me, don't touch me, a woman walk, being... Walk! Walk! woman being taken off a plane by cops, another one of those stories. What the hell happened there? So this gal's on a plane, she becomes aware that there are a handful of dogs on there. Always are. And the are world. these days. Everybody taking their dog everywhere. Anyway, uh, she says, I have a deathly dog allergy. I need these dogs to be not on the plane. And the airline said, how about you get off instead? <laughs> she said, no to dogs. And they said, no, you. She said, no to dogs. And so uh ends up, they said, no, you got to get off. Um, We're not going to kick all these people and their dogs off the plane. Well, yeah, you can't send the dogs off. The passengers would have to go, too. So I, I get the sense. You can't give the dog a map to the uh, airport, say, you got to go to gate 30. <laughs> I get the sense that she was annoyed by a service dog that she didn't think was a service dog. Because it's not. And I, I get the sense that she was trying to make some sort of social protest against that and say, no, I, I have an allergic, I have a I have deathly. Really, deathly allergic Is to, there to that. Is there such a thing? I don't know. Um, there's, there appears to be, because the airplane has a policy where if you claim some sort of severe allergy and you don't have a medical paper backing it up, okay, was she, then you have to be removed. Was she trying to be the Rosa Parks of dogs on planes and... 
Apparently, she's a university professor, which automatically makes her. Oh, wait a minute! Automatically makes her her suspect. Yeah, I would say. In fact, I just I will assume she's full of crap. I'm on her side, but Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole fake, uh, the big problem, you selfish bastards, with the fake service animals is now there there are more and more places that are saying no service animals. So people who desperately need them have to work hard to prove that no, I'm actually blind. I can't see, which is, that's not cool. Just because you're a middle-aged lady and you got to, all right, I probably shouldn't go down that road. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, I am on her side. It's just ridiculous, all the animules on the plane. Although there's there's a gal. Uh, how descriptive do I get? Her appearance and demeanor suggested to me that she was not among the most cultured of us. Okay. Whiskey Tango. Like, super whiskey tango. White trash. Had a couple of dogs with her. Sitting two seats away from me. Same row. Um, I'm on the aisle. She's middle seat with her two dogs. Um, and there were a number of aspects of it that were annoying, but I will give this to her. The dogs were perfect the entire flight. Not only did they not poo, I was sure they were going to poo. I've never had because a... the flight was delayed delayed for like an hour taking off. I thought, you know, these dogs they there are physical limits. I was certain they were going to poo. They didn't. Yeah, I have not had a uh, experience where a dog caused any problem. I haven't had a dog barking. I haven't had a dog whining. I haven't had a dog pee or poo. I haven't had a dog, you know, snarl at another dog, even with a bunch of them on the plane, which is surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, this lady's getting very little sympathy. Which, you know, obviously the whole someone was dragged off a plane narrative is very hot. Sure. So the fact that people are, are, are giving her the squinty look, saying, I don't think so. But what was the whole I'll walk thing? Well, they they ordered her off the plane. She refused. So they started to drag her off the plane. She was yelling, I'll walk. And they were yelling, then walk. Now, nah, you got you to gotta stay until they bash your face off the... The armrest. That's right. If you want fame, you got to be willing to take a pummeling. Hey, do we know what she's a professor of? Oh, that, that, that matters. That m- means everything. If it's architecture or biology, eh. Well, the Internet is going to bring you every awful thing she's ever done in her life in the next 24 hours. So that's, that's going to happen no matter what. Here's our guest announcer for the day. All right. Listen up. It's time for some final thoughts with Armstrong and Gay. Is that the national anthem in the background? <laughs> I believe it was Here Comes the Chief. Oh, okay. Here's your host. Hail to the Chief. That's the one. <laughs> Here comes you know, the this, Chief. If, if this was World War II, we'd shoot you immediately. You're clearly a German spy. What's up, Chief? Here's to the Chief guy. <laughs> Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Michelangelo, final thought. He almost caused millions of teenage boys to go blind, but he's still a hero to them. Thanks, Hugh Hefner, for discovering men will pay to see a naked lady. <laughs> Beautiful. Marshall Phillips, who dated a couple of bunnies. Good Lord, my hero. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, I just got to say, thank you very much, Hef, for building the mansion and uh, for, at least for a while, providing uh, me with some entertainment. Thank you so much. See you later. Bye. Uh, Positive Sean, final thought? I suppose you guys are right. In hindsight, it would have been bad if we have just all, during the Bill O'Reilly interview, started grunting quietly and escalating (laughs) as the interview went on, just to see how he liked it for a change. None of that is proved. It's alleged. You're right. I'm glad we didn't do that. Your way was better. Sickening. Jack? I got another Hugh Hefner comment. Uh, Yeah, 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 and I'm not anti-naked girls in magazines, if that's what you want to buy or publish or whatever. I'm fine with that. But, But let's not pretend that his last several decades were not sordid and weird and sick. 
and the girls that were hanging out with him. Come on, let's not pretend that he was classy and sophisticated these last 20 years. Did you I, see his silk pajamas? <laughs> I detect a note of jealousy. Oh, God. And my final thought... Quotering, quoting, quoting the lingerie foot. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ball league. Oh, boy. It symbolizes all the blood, sweat, and tears that have been shed so that we as Americans can raise our flag across our nation. The Lingerie Football League salutes all those who made this the greatest country in the world. We stand in salute of our flag in panties. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. Hi, Francis Melman. Hey, how are you, you f***ing racist? Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. Armstrong and Getty, so with my dad. And so Getty. Are we ready to start? One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe in miracles? Yes, you can. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. Wake up. On a shucky ducky kind of day. He's bare chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Do you support the ending of that program that you didn't know existed? This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio Friday. Friday, senor. A dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, 
end of the week, traditional end of the work week, might not be for you. I worked many a Saturday and Sunday in my life. But today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Professional trolls from Russia. Professional trolls from Russia. Da. Our general manager. Comrade. Russia. They're everywhere. They surround us. They've infiltrated us. They're influencing our national discussions. They're poisoning us against each other. What if it turns out we're not near as angry with each other as we thought? It's just Russian emails and news stories and groups. I'm the angriest person I know, and I'm not half as angry as everybody else seems to be. Right. What's going on with that? Maybe it's all just made up by the Russians. I don't know. I don't know about that. There's some angry people. Oh, man, we don't. But if we, the, if we got sent this video of this social justice warrior, self-righteous gal mm-hmm. who steals a guy's MAGA hat and won't give it back and is wow. shouting about genocide and white supremacy. and You take and, my hat off my head, I would want to beat you to death. That would make me very mad. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and when the administrator finally said, let me hold on to the hat. I'm a neutral party, okay? Because we got to give the guy his property back. She was like, what? What could not understand that outcome? But what so if, there are angry people. Oh, certainly. sure. Always have been. What if the Russians took the angriest 1% and made it seem like it's 15% or 20%? Some good analysis. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And has us all worked up about it. Which may be what happened. We're trying to learn more from the Facebook and Twitter people, although the Twitter people didn't tell us much yesterday. I've uh, never felt more in line with the Twitter people than yeah, yesterday. Me also. They handled it in a Jackian style, I'm calling it. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Excellent. You know what we're going to do today is study the world. Study the world. Study the world. It's Friday. Go study the world. Wow. Listen to that. There's a skip and Marshall step and a little verve there yeah. from Michelangelo. I'm liking that. like a lot of verve. There. On Fridays, I listen to music when I drive in. Only, only time I ever allow yeah. myself to do that. I got taken lots of news and information on driving, but Fridays I listen to music on the way in, and I really am feeling good. I was trying to listen to the news, and it was so tedious and annoying. I finally went with music. Hey, uh, uh, Michael, a little clarification: your your tone was energetic. I couldn't tell if it was "Go have fun" or if it was "Go f yourself." I couldn't. I couldn't quite tell. It was was "Have fun." Oh, okay. It was "Have fun." It's a Friday. Super. Yeah. My wife says that whenever I say something like, uh, whenever I say good for you, it oh. always sounds sarcastic. Oh, oh, boy. And I mean it. I mean good for you. That's great for you. I don't mean good for you. Oh, I suppose this sounds sarcastic, too, right? Like she says, hey, I finished my goat soap and I'm really happy with it. Good for you. It always sounds sarcastic, I guess. What the hell do I care? <laughs> That's not what I mean. Blah, blah, blah. Goat soap this, goat soap that. Good for you. That's the way it comes out, no matter how I cry. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad. How are you this morning, Michelangelo? I'm no good. At the top of the hour, there more NFL players were talking about what they were going to do during the national anthem on this upcoming Sunday. So I'm sick of politics being in football, yeah. so I'm going to protest in my own way. When I watch the game, I'm going to kneel in the first quarter, stand in the second quarter, squat during the third quarter, and lie down during the fourth. I usually squat over halftime, but whenever you want to is fine. Depends on the score. Prone for justice. I'm with you, Michael. <laughs> so they locked arms in the crowd at the Packers game last night? We'll have to talk oh, about that more. Yeah, what, what, that what was, was that? the idea, anyway. What, what, what's going on there? There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Kind of an interesting weekend at the box office. You have kind of the the, the lingering hangover effects of the, the summer big movies right before the October flood of horror movies, and then November you get a lot of the, the Oscar bait. 
mm. sort of movies coming out. Uh, but there are actually two interesting movies coming out this weekend. You have the Tom Cruise vehicle, major movie star, American made about the guy who worked with the CIA to kind of create a, the, the de facto drug cartel of, of decades gone past. Um, that one's getting some some fairly good response on the old Rotten Tomatoes. The one I'm most interested to see is Battle of the Sexes with Steve Carell and Emma Stone. That looks good. Looks good. Looks very funny. I'm a big fan of those two individually. So uh, I, I um, and you're too young to have lived through that story. Exactly. I'm I'm aware of it, but yeah, I don't have the the living through it recollection. So I'm looking forward to checking this. Joe one out. and I, of course, were doing talk radio at the time. And, That's uh, right. It's the Billie Jean King, Bobby Riggs thing. Yes, yes. What, yeah, what, what's next? Not Men playing dogs at tennis? Was that a, a, a common call? It of the was day? such a huge story at the time. Oh, yeah. Such a huge story. Oh, it was hilariously yes. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and it was before stupid was a part of the national psyche every single day, which it is now. Right. Now stupid wouldn't stand out, but it was stupid at the time. It, it was, you know what? It, it may have been the first great fake reversy I was aware of. Yeah. Where it was, everybody was being whipped up into camps over something that was essentially just dumb. I'd like to see the movie because I don't know much about the behind the scenes on that whole thing, so that would be interesting. Oh yeah, looks uh, novel. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. I want us all to raise a freshly washed office coffee mug to celebrate International Coffee Day today. Do you realize over 400 billion cups of coffee are served each year? In fact. <laughs> You could have said four trillion or forty. I wouldn't have known. Right. Wow, that's quite a number. Everybody would have said, no matter what the number was. In fact, it is stack the cups together, it'll reach to Minnesota or the moon or Mars or who knows what. It's a world commodity that's second only to oil. Second only to oil. In what? Value or gallons or how dark it is? What, what do you Don't mean? Don't ask questions. <laughs> Second only to oil. If you, <laughs> if, if you stacked it, it up, how far would it go, Marshall? Anyway, I'm sure many coffee outlets are offering deals today. It can't hurt to go in and ask. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll drink my coffee today. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. <laughs> He's Joe Getty on this. It is Friday, September 29th, the year 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this here program. All right, here's the official beginning of the show now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I'm more than a bit surprised in light of all the, the public interest in this subject over the last few weeks that anyone from the Twitter team would think that the presentation they made to the Senate staff today even began to answer the kind of questions that we'd asked. <laughs> so, Twitter, so Twitter shows up with a couple of notes scrawled on a piece of paper, and uh, we looked into it, and it looks like we got about uh, 20, 20 fake accounts, we think. So uh, anyway. Hashtag forgot the hearing was today. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get up? About to do the presentation, they pull out the report from their back pocket, fold it over about eight times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, try to smooth it out on the corner of the table. And, right. uh, Where did I have that written? And these are the same things that Facebook told us last week. Oh, yeah, it's a coincidence or something. Right. Then they have to say the report in like a hundred words. <laughs> they did. Yeah, right. Right. I, I thought right. we were limited to this many characters. That's what we did. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall? As you've been mentioning, Twitter claims it shut down Russian trollers. We got a lot of apologies and a big check from one Trump cabinet member as Travelgate expands. And the NFL's linking arms maneuver stumbles into the stands. We've got those stories coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. That Travelgate story is interesting, that particular secretary that was flying around. Um, have you heard the clips, some of the statements he's made in the past about government's flying? Government? Oh, yeah, he's it's, been a harsh critic. Oh, we'll play some of those. It's amazing. Dude. Ah, it's just frustrating. Anyway, how's mailbag going? 
Oh, it's fine. It's good. It's okay. We have uh, clips of the week as well. That'll put a smile on my face. Oh, sure. Hmm? On National Coffee Day, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I think you've already won joke of the morning for hashtag we forgot the hearing was today. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's uh, a biographical joke. Autobiographical, I should say. That's clearly what happened. But I've heard a couple of great, smart people sitting around a table discussions about this whole Facebook, Twitter thing. How are we going to handle it as a society, as a government, law, free speech? It's really interesting. It's a tough one. Well, it's not a tough one over on MSNBC, where they were unanimous this morning. We'll tell you what they said coming up. Because as recently as this past weekend, the Russians were jerking us around and stoking anger. Oh, I guarantee you they're doing it as we speak. For sure, with a number of the hashtags over the NFL thing. Right. How much bigger was that? than it would have been if Russia had stayed out of it. We don't know. I don't know. One percent, twenty percent, fifty percent. Could be quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. No clue. Mailbag coming up in a moment or two, Michael. Take it easy in there. Settle down. Settle down. Almost got you. <laughs> right now it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Rocket Man should have been handled a long time ago. Little Rocket Man. Leader Kim Jong-un yesterday called Trump a mentally deranged U.S. daughter. And online search engines are, of course, as we all know, dominated by one major player. That's right. Say it with me. Bing. Politics is like really fast and it's about popularity and um, strategy in a lot of ways, which I can admire. But it's not about, you know, it's not it doesn't make the same change that, you know legislation makes there are fascists standing on top of the shoulders of other fascists forming extra large fascists sometimes he sounded like someone who took one semester from a radical professor when he was a freshman and that's all he knows about the world that's uh, speaking to the leadership speaking to the president we've made the decision since we don't have the votes we will postpone that vote why don't you tell me what it is, Dale, and quit beating around. Tell me what it is. Oh, you're home early. <laughs> Hi, Francis Melman. Hey, how are you, you f***ing racist? <laughs> oh, God, that's uh, funny. Nice. That's a good cow right there. Yeah. I really enjoyed yeah, that. Beautiful. The cow's getting a little beefier lately. It's nice <laughs> to see him fatten up. Uh, mailbag. Oh, my God, that was loud. Everybody all right? I might have the chance to put cattle on my property. I'm really looking forward to that. Really? Oh, I'm so jealous. I've always wanted cows. Yeah. I don't really want to do that. Can I come milk a cow? (laughs) Jack has a cow, honey. Can I have a cow? If Jack jumped off a bridge... Hmm. They're not going to be cows for milking. They're going to be for growing up for hamburger and steaks. That's oh, what they're gonna be oh for. yeah. Can I have a hamburger? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's precisely why I want cows, too. <laughs> Your not-freedom-loving quote of the day, but enlightenment-loving quote of the day, passed along by Ben. 
Uh, Todd Rose, who's an author, writes, The hardest part of learning something new is not embracing the new ideas, but letting go of old ones. Yeah, It's not easy to do. Mm. I think we're designed to uh, hang on to stuff. Oh, sure. Because it keeps us alive. Yeah, we often tie our egos up to our, our ideas and theories, though, and it's difficult to let... Part of your eager, your ego goes. Well, it's also humbling. Important to remember that holding on to things is one of the th- reasons why we ascended to where we are yeah, today. That was our, my... our penchant for pattern recognition is one of the things that separates us from many of the yeah. other species. That's what I was driving at. Yeah, there's a reason we hang on to things because th- if they're working, you know, it keeps our village from falling apart. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it's the accumulated wisdom of of, of time. The uh, angry, bitterly resentful, and unspeakably, incomprehensibly self-righteous social justice warrior and the MAGA hat incident. That video we have posted or will have posted, Sean, is it there? Oh, it's already there at uh, armstrongandgettyradio.com. It is so worth watching. It is amazing. It shows you what we're dealing with. It is not safe for work. I only got like two or three minutes, but she so she took it to like a hall monitor or something? Like she tried to tell somebody? She took it to the student services officer. (laughs) Right, exactly, where they said, you got to give him his hat. What? The genocide of the white supremacist. It's uh, not safe for work because of the language, or does somebody show a boob? Uh, no, her boobs stay moored. It's indeed uh, language. <laughs> moored. Yes. <laughs> Trump is to blame, writes Brenton Vallejo. Uh, my feet have been killing me. It's, oh, he says, resist our, hmm, resist plantar fascists. That was such a good joke, and I butchered it, Brent. Resist plantar fascists. It's funny. <laughs> plantar fasciitis joke there. Unless you've <laughs> suffered from that malady, then it's not funny. It's nothing to joke about. That's right. Plantar fasciitis is funny to you? Foot supremacists. Let's see. I have inserts in my shoes right now because of just that malady. Jack, coming up, an incredibly controversial email. I should have teased that earlier, because that would have kept people staying tuned. Now, would, would they either it, uh, will or they won't. I doubt it would have. No? Okay. Uh, they bailed along. Bad analogies. Yes? Yeah, bad good. analogies, writes Frank. Well, as you know, arguing by analogy is illogical, though fun. Claiming a wedding... <laughs> this is... Uh, <laughs> though well, fun. He, he explains it uh, pretty well. Claiming a wedding DJ or a pilot... Expressing political views to a captive audience is analogous to athletes protesting during the national anthem. It's just a really bad analogy. The athletes are not wasting our time. The anthem is played whether they protest or not. The game does not start until the anthem is finished. People are looking at the flag, which is what they're supposed to do. They wouldn't even notice the athletes protesting. On the other hand, the pilot or the wedding DJ waste our time. They fill up the time with their political views, etc., etc. Um the only point of disagreement, Frank, is there is lots and lots of downtime during, uh, like, a, a wedding reception or an airplane flight. But uh, if you look out the left side of the plane, you'll see my political views. Right, exactly. <laughs> and if the pilot were to jump on and say, Folks, uh, well, we're uh, waiting for clearance to take off. I just want to remind you that the... The taxation of the rich is far uh, too low. And Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, they should pay their fair share. And... No, that would be outrageous, sir, because they have your captive attention. Frank, I find your analysis of our analogy illogical. Yeah, I agree. I think um, if the captain did that on a flight, he would be... My the product is me flying from one place to another and not hating it, and you've made the product less enjoyable. The product no. with the football game is me watching the football game and enjoying it, and you've made it less enjoyable. I don't. It seems like the same thing to me. You know what? The more I think about it, though, and I don't need to buy the product. I'm not going to buy that product. It's it's one of those two set products. It's a little bit like you know all entertainment. The actual you are the product. For the advertisers. You're the change I've been waiting for? No. They put on the football game so you'll watch so people can advertise to you. Mm. So you're the product. But if you get mad, again, it's a two-step thing, which all entertainment is. I have uh, taken off the fashion seatbelt sign, and we are a uh, nation of immigrants. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Exactly. Just slip it in there, so then it's not, yeah. And we are a nation of immigrants. (laughs) STFU! Guys, am I missing something here? Found these books in the book stack at BJ's Wholesale Club. Have I lived my life as a lie? I was Those talk- are wholesale now? Yeah. Don't have to pay retail anymore. <laughs> Tired of paying retail? <laughs> this is Doug in Boston. Uh, already do a national show. Yeah, don't get me started. Here's book number one. Well, that's the only one we'll talk about. It's the only one we have time. Who was Fidel Castro? Is this book for sale? A boy who loved sports, especially baseball. This is on the back cover. Wow. A lawyer for the poor. A leader of a revolution in Cuba. Find out more in this illustrated book. Wow. That's for children? Touting communists in a Boston bookstore. Let's see. Okay, here you go. Here's your incredibly uh, controversial email. I'm going to leave the name out of it. It's that controversial. Guys, with all this hepatitis A going around, talking about the uh, the streets of San Diego in particular, I can't help thinking, is this not nature taking care of the homeless problem? Oof. Reading of emails is not endorsements, okay? Gotcha. I may sound heartless, but I've worked with the homeless off and on for over 30 years. The vast majority of them are a-holes who want to do what they want. Stay loaded, poo in the streets, panhandle, etc. Could this be natural selection? You cannot go against nature, but when you do, go against nature. That's part of nature, too. That's a quote from Daniel Ash. Um, hmm. He uh, said, I don't know how this, uh, what this has to do with anything, but it sounded cool. <laughs> if, yeah, if an individual or a group of people do not want to, uh, take on, uh, modern, Knowledge about how to build a society that or keeps you from dying. Ancient knowledge. Yeah, ancient knowledge, right? That they've Don't known for poo thousands, where you sleep for thousands of years. And yeah, what are you going to do? Well, the question is, you know, how many of them are crazy, so can't help it. What percentage of people you see, they actually would, you know, given the choice, they'll take that life over uh, over going to work every day. I don't know. I don't know the percentage. Right. Right. I'm not going to give up huge portions of what I earn for somebody who just likes to be high. There's a lot of people that have the wherewithal and understanding of the way the world works to craft very uh, touching signs with their children and their puppies standing on the corner. 
Right, but you don't have the wherewithal to like hold down a job. That is interesting. And finally, uh, Brad, with an anti-chanting email addressed, I believe, to you, Jack, because your your sons have begun chanting for what they want. Less mess, more freedom. When they get in my mom's, or my mom. Why do I call calling my Dr. wife? Freud, my, calling Dr. Freud. Me calling my wife my mom. I should be strapped to a bed and forced to talk to a team of psychiatrists. I would agree. What it's, the hell is that? It's a sickness. <laughs> but anyway, my kids chanting when they get in their mom's truck. Less mess, more freedom, because there's no place to put their feet. Uh, Brad writes, I fear chanting may be a communist or invader technique in schools. Have your children refuse to participate in chanting. Next will be witch chants, cannibal chants, murder chants, invasion chants. Stop the chanting. Stop the chanting. Stop the chanting. I like I like chanting in general. I You know, I do, but I think it's usually stupid. I think most chanting... The effect of most chanting on most people is it makes them less sympathetic to your stupid cause. I don't know. This most is really drawn attention to the chant. cause of my wife's truck being a mess. Well, I would say, yeah, there are exceptions, clearly. My favorite chant, the whole world is watching. The first time, like Chicago 1968. That was a really good chant. Hands up, don't shoot was a really good chant until it turned out that that wasn't true. But if it right. had been true, that's a good chant. Yes, yeah, I would say that communicates a lot. That's a uh-huh. good chant. What do we want? Blank. When do we want it? Blank. Not good. Not good. That's What uh, do we want? A time machine. When do we want it? Irrelevant. That's my favorite. <laughs> 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 when do we want it? Whenever. It doesn't matter. Marshalls and News is next, and we'll get into what's going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So the first lady tries to do, like, the simplest task, give some books to a library, and that goes sour in our modern hateful age. Because everything's political. We'll have that story for you coming up. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Twitter says it shut down 201 accounts that were tied to the same Russian operatives who posted thousands of political ads on Facebook. Now, the tech company made that disclosure to staffers of the Senate Intelligence Committee looking into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. Virginia Democrat Mark Warner, though, was not very impressed with Twitter's presentation. I'm more than a bit surprised in light of all the, the public interest in this subject over the last few weeks that anyone from the Twitter team would think that the presentation they made to the Senate staff today even began to answer the kind of questions that we'd asked. Well, yeah, there are some estimates that there are 20,000 examples of fake Twitter accounts out there, and all they did was show up with a tiny list of stuff that Facebook had already given over. Right. Well, that's why I call it Jackie, and that was like doing the very least you could do to get this exercise over so you could move on with your life. Shameful. (laughs) I think the problem with Twitter is they're a business that's not making any money. They're spending all their time trying to figure out how to keep the boat afloat, and they're not really that worried about this. Meanwhile, it's being reported the Russian government's now linked to fake black activist social media accounts meant to stir up racial tensions during the 2016 presidential election. Oh, boy. CNN says a social media campaign calling itself Blacktivist used both Facebook and Twitter to create racial tensions during the race. I am certain I've seen those. Oh, sure, we all have, I think. Yeah. 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 So now they're being linked to the Russian government. What's really interesting, though, 
and troubling is how thirsty people on various sides of the political aisle seem to be to uh, to drink in the swill. I mean, there are plenty of people who take the blacktivist, all whiteies uh, should die, I hate white people, fight white people, and say, yeah! I mean, and on the other side, everybody who will take in the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, uh, activist uh, murdered an entire family in Poughkeepsie. And we'll believe that, drink it in, believe it. You know, they're giving us what we want. And where we get to the uh, the problem of uh, uh, how we deal with this in society, <clears throat> as I heard it pointed out by an advertising expert, the most popular show on television is uh, Sunday Night Football, and they get like 18 million viewers or whatever. And to buy an ad on there is a gazillion dollars. But there are hundreds of Twitter stars out there that have more followers than that. And if you can get them to retweet your story... You just bought an advertisement on something way bigger than Sunday night yep. NFL football right. for zero dollars. Right. And it doesn't have to be the slightest bit true either. And you got more eyeballs reaching that. Right. I mean, that's really amazing. That just never existed before in human history. It has never existed before. Right. Well, speaking of viral stories and that sort of passing them along, et cetera, et cetera, I'd like to thank everyone who sent us a link to the story. FBI seizes over 3,000 penises during raid at morgue employees' home. A uh, morgue employee? Morgue employees, yes. 3,000 male sexual units. Uh, on the other hand, that story is completely made up. Oh, really? Do yeah. us a favor, would you? Take 10 <laughs> seconds. Take 10 seconds. I mean, what? It, it, this comes from the always uh, the unimpeachable source, the... World News Daily Report. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm that bothered by that kind of story yeah. floating around. That's uh, phony. But uh, all the political stuff, all the anger yeah. stuff, that's a problem. Yeah. And I don't know what we're going to do about it. In hot water, Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price says he is very sorry he chartered private jets at taxpayer expense so many times, and he will not do it again. I've heard the concerns, I've heard the criticisms, and uh, and in, in order to make certain that people appreciate that, that my respect for the taxpayer is as strong as it can be and always has been in my 40-year uh, uh, career, uh, uh, we think it's important to do a number of things. Price says one of those things is he'll repay the expenses out of his own pocket. Problem is, his department estimates his bill is over $51,000, while Politico estimates he took at least 26 charter flights, costing taxpayers more than $400,000. Price said he'd write a check for $50,000. Well, and some of the specific examples of flights he took where he went to a meeting that is kind of, you know, iffy as to what he was accomplishing there, and then also, you know, visited his son or whatever... Uh, at the taxpayer's expense. Or there was one that was great. He went from Washington to Philadelphia, I think it was, or something like yeah. that. It's like a, an hour and a half train ride, and it's a hundred dollars, and it costs twenty five thousand dollars for the taxpayers to fly him over there. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and he was an activist against this here's, sort of thing. Here's we've got the clips yeah. of the sort of thing he has said okay. in the past. Perfect. If you'd like to hear it, I think we've uh, we've made it halfway where we ought to, and that is uh, cut it from eight to four jets. Now we need to cut it from four jets to zero jets. Um, th- this is just uh, uh, another example of uh, a fiscal irresponsibility, irresponsibility run amok in, in Congress right now. Well, I want to say to the Speaker, don't you fly over our country in your luxury jet and lecture us on what it means to be an American. 
So he's a, he's a guy who didn't even think the Speaker of the House had an important enough job that he ought to be flying, you know, on private jets. He has breasts, Jack. That was Nancy Pelosi. Or she. Um, uh, a Girls woman? get to... Yes. A woman can be Speaker yes. of the House? Boy, that, all right. We ought to think that over. Um, but so he didn't even think... Because so, some people make the argument, yeah. these are important officials. They have to get there quickly, and they can't be wasting their time sitting in the... Okay. Well, he didn't even think the Speaker of the House's job was important enough that they ought to right. take a private jet. Yet when he gets in office, right. his uh, speaking to some lunch on the other side of the country is worth the taxpayer picking up 50 grand. If Trump doesn't fire this guy, Trumpism never existed. Trumpism is dead and never even existed. If you're not going to fire somebody who flouts that to that extent, in my opinion. So what he was saying yesterday, Price, and I'm so disappointed in this because he always sees a fiscal hawk and he's a doctor. He's had great things to say about health care reform, this patient center. I really, I was a fan of the guy. What he kept saying was, listen, all these trips were approved. We went through all the regular protocols. They were all approved, which just proves beyond a shadow of a doubt, my friends. The, the quote-unquote approval process is a joke. They just squander our money at will, but keep voting for bigger government. Go ahead. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm starting a Getty Show, the voice of the way. God, people are stupid. They don't know when they're being scammed. No. It's like, God, I've heard stories from FBI guys who've been investigating uh, oldsters being scammed. Uh, on on the phone or whatever, some slick talker talks them out of half their retirement, and then we're there taking their statement as we're getting ready to prosecute, and they're on the phone falling for another scam. It's so sad. Well, that's the American people. There's just no helping you, I guess. I don't know. I'm fine with the Secretary of Health and Human Services, whatever he's doing on a regular basis, flying regular flights. Why the hell not? Why not? Why's he got to take a private plane everywhere he goes? And the fact that he was an activist on this issue and really lecturing people and then does it as soon as he gets in office, freaking fire his ass. I don't care if he's good or not. you got to send a message. I swear, if Trump doesn't fire this guy, forget it. There is no such thing as draining the swamp. Wow, It'll that's ex- never happen. That's exciting. Let's uh, wait to see what happens today. Yeah. Uh, so the president's wife tried to give some books to a library. That went south. Um, we got a bunch of good stuff. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We'll talk more about the Twitter and Facebook thing coming up on uh, how we're going to handle that as a society. Because uh, what we're currently doing, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if we can do it. Luckily, I know precisely how we need to oh, handle perfect. it as a society. Perfect. That's so, so handy. You know, some men are born for their times. Exactly. So uh, right after the top of the hour, I'll clarify that. Uh, positive, Sean, if you could alert Congress to be listening. Mm. So the First Lady of the United States, one Melania Trump, has decided that her cause, because you got to have a cause as a First Lady, uh, yeah, that's fine, uh, is uh, getting kids to read. Yeah, this... Literacy, which is perfect and wonderful. I mean... Good for you for being up with children learning to read. Yeah, it's uh, hard to imagine anybody's against that, but someone is. <laughs> In the era where you can't eat a donut, you cannot look at a sunset, you cannot walk down a street without it turning political. Melania Trump attempted to send 10 Dr. Seuss books, well, to many, many schools, but uh, they included Cambridgeport School in Cambridge, Massachusetts. 
to mark National Read-A-Book Day, but librarian Liz Fipsorio... Do, do we know the particular Dr. Seuss books? Um, Dr. I, Seuss's Art of the Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss's uh, White Supremacy. Um, no, just your your top ten sure. uh, uh, Dr. Seuss books. Left um, foot, right foot, etc. Librarian Liz Fipsorio told the school told her the school would not be keeping them, according to the Washington Post. In an open letter, Suorio thanked the First Lady, but then described Dr. Seuss as a tired and worn ambassador for children's literature and suggested ten alternative uh, children's books, which we'll get to. The illustrations of Melania Trump's favorite children's author are, quote, steeped in racist propaganda, caricatures, and harmful stereotypes. According to this social justice librarian, everybody knows cats don't wear hats. I, I had no idea that there was anything around Dr. Seuss. The wearing of tall white striped hats is white supremacist haberdashery. She suggested instead Auntie Yang's great soybean picnic. On a family outing in the 1950s, Auntie Yang discovers a field of soybeans and a way to overcome homesickness for China while sharing a very special food. China! Way better than a cat in a hat. What's amazing is you got somebody who rose to the level of being in charge of a school library and is on the public dime who is anti-Dr. Seuss books for little kids. (laughs) Holy freaking crap. Yeah. Somebody hired her. Ideology crushes intelligence. Somebody it renders hi- it inert. Somebody hired her to right. be the school librarian. She suggested Mama's Nightmare, a story of immigration and separation. Instead of left foot, right foot, or green eggs and ham? Red, a crayon story. Crayon red is labeled red, but he colors blue, which creates frustration for the other crayons, and this red himself. Once he lets go of his label... Everything turns around, including the other crayons' minds. Okay, you're a weirdo, but you why why not just have those weird books that kids probably won't read and the Dr. Seuss books? Why do you reject the... It's because you hate Donald Trump. That really gets down to the basis of it, right? She, she might have just made all this up in the last week because <laughs> he just hates Donald Trump so much, couldn't accept the books from his wife. Instead of green eggs and ham, how about separate is never equal? Sylvia Mendez and her family's fight for desegregation. Yeah, that's sure. A... Put that in front of a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. God dang it! That that is just so freaking amazing. There are so many people in education that are actually dangerous to society. I would agree. And harmful to your children. Like, keep her away from my kid. She shouldn't be allowed near my kid because she's so. Effing crazy for her. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Small children reading is purely a mechanism by which she can uh, indoctrinate them. And, you know, half of this stuff is great. Although it's just so obvious, it's trying so hard. Drum Dream Girl. How One Girl's Courage Changed Music. 
A young girl on an island of music dreams of becoming a drummer, but only boys play drums. I'll let you guess the rest. Yeah. Okay, how about you have those books that the kids probably aren't going to check out and the Dr. Seuss books, though? So you're going to eliminate the Dr. Seuss books and try to force the kids into those books. So you're in favor of racist propaganda, caricatures, and harmful stereotypes. Did she give any examples? Well, yeah, like that take-charge goldfish who's always ordering people around in the cat in the hat. It's gold supremacy, that's what it is. Gold fascism! Fight fish fascists! The fish is a bit of a fun sir. He's a fishist! Buzzkill won't let you have any fun. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. you know by now, Hugh Hefner passed away yesterday at home at the Playboy Mansion. He was pronounced dead of natural causes, although they won't be able to rule out foul play for quite some time because of all the DNA evidence they found in the house. Oh. <laughs> it might take 20 years, I mean. I was thinking about last night, Hugh Hefner is probably the only person ever to be disappointed by heaven. <laughs> With all these harps, let's get some naked girls in here. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> At what age did he decide to go with uh, with pajamas? Did he do that? Because most of my adult life, well, my whole adult life, I think he's been in pajamas. But I see the pictures of him in the 50s, early 60s, and he's wearing a suit and tie and looking Snappy pretty sharp. suit, yeah. But when did he decide, you know what, F it, I'm just wearing pajamas all the time. Well, it's interesting that he is now a hero to several generations of college girls who, you know, wear their jammies all the time, too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, hmm, I might look into that. Did he decide at like 50 or earlier than that? You know what? I'm just going to wear pajamas and slippers, and nobody's going to tell me I can't. And where's my boat captain's hat? Yeah, and that. I, was that a losing a hair thing? Anyway, so I'd forgotten to mention this nugget yesterday. He bought a long time ago his little place to shove his body or ashes or whatever next to Marilyn Monroe. So he's going to be buried next to Marilyn Monroe. Why? Wow, a little post-mortem ego trip that's normal what kind of weird thing well that was my point yesterday he was a he was a strange weird old pervo and not enough people were saying that yesterday for like the last 40 years at least yeah but why did he want to be buried next to marilyn monroe i can't even imagine thinking of that so much much less the motivation behind it right let's see who's really famous i could be dead next to hmm yeah Really glamorous. Well, of course, you know, he, he helped make her career, and she helped make his. Okay. <clears throat> I guess. I don't know. Maybe they were secretly uh, lovers and were torn from each other's arms back in the day. The untold story. I don't care, but that or may he, be. Or with his weird lifestyle, he needed to be <clears throat> in, in you know forever next to the world's most famous hottie, because he's that guy more than any other guy. Well, that's pathetic. Yeah. Well, I think he was. Yeah, well, I got a really good deal on the plot next to Soupy Sales. <laughs> <laughs> the great super. Loved Soupy Sales. Uh, so uh, this this is a really interesting story. It's well worth knowing. It's funny. I was just texting my son. Tell me what you think of this. He, uh, he has an interview today uh, for a job, and uh, he's really excited about it, really, really promising. But he realized, yeah, he's looking at, he's got a couple of sport coats. He's the king of the Goodwill store. 
But he's looking at a couple of them and thought, you know, that's just, it's a little ratty. That one's a little funky. I need a grown-up sport coat. So he went off looking for one. Plus, he's, you know, poor as a church mouse. So he's trying to find a good bargain. He's texting me, blah, blah, blah. So he gets a, he gets a sport coat. Runs into this guy there at the sport coat section. Really charming guy. They hit it off. They're talking. You're an actor. I'm an actor. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I like your attitude. I like the cut of your jib. Blah, blah, blah. We ought to get together for some coffee. I think you might be right for a position. Blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And I was asking my son. I said, wow, that's fantastic. Then, I asked him for a couple of specifics, and it's like, uh, what is, what's his business? Well, it's a uh, business development or something like that. It was all very, <laughs> it was all very vague. Uh-huh. And I thought, uh oh, uh oh, whoop, whoop, whoop. Is it just to do Having been things? on the receiving end of several of those things throughout my life, that sounds like multi-level marketing or something like well, that. Well, is it just a dude who thinks your son's hot? Or is he pretty clear it's not that? Now, I don't know. Okay. I, 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 hmm. Cause it sounds like that. Yeah, although that's how well. It's, it's weird to tie a job offer into that sort of. Thing. Yeah, I'm not a gay Jack, but <clears throat> it seems like saying, you know, I I got a job you might be right for, and then uh, you know, like trying to bed them, and then and then not having the job. Well, well, well my mind just, went to the same place yours did. But that's a multi-level marketing. I've been thing. through yeah, that yeah. on both ends. I think so. It, it happens. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, but so, multi, I've I've also fallen for the multi-level marketing yeah. that was kind of vague, and then I ended up in a room, and they're explaining to me, and I thought, oh god, yeah. and I walked out. Right, right. But everybody's on the take and on the make these days. So in that spirit, uh, my uh, one of my other offspring, Delaney May, is uh, constantly badgering me to get a dog. She loves dogs. She thinks I'd be happier with a dog. She's probably right. And then my friend Tim joins in, telling me to get a dog. What? What is the dog lobby <laughs> working my street now, or what? Leave me alone. It's pretty easy to just look at you and say, there's a guy who needs a dog. Uh, let's see. So uh, here's a story about uh, Bay, the 19-week-old Siberian husky. Tawny brown markings. She's got those uh, those eerie uh, blue husky eyes. Oh, Gorgeous I love dog. those. Uh, $1,500 on the website of Teresa Rosales, a breeder. Man, uh, nice dogs are so expensive these days. That's what this article is about. She's a breeder who's licensed by the Department of Agriculture, offers American Kennel Club registration from all, for all the puppies she sells out of her home in South Carolina. They have a bunch of photos of the pups standing here and there playing, etc. Uh, yeah, oh, wait a minute. That picture is also on uh, huskies.us and diamondhuskies.us. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, that dog's picture is all over the place. Not only are a few, not only are some, but most online dog ads are a scam. Most of them. To get you to what? Send the money and send not get Send the a dog? money and there ain't no damn dog. They got a nice picture of a dog. Maybe they'll send you a copy of it. The Better Business Bureau says in a report this week, online pet scams are victimizing Americans at an alarming rate. The majority of the online dog sales ads they looked at were scams. Wow. Not some, most. Isn't that wild? Yeah. God, you just it's the it's the times. It is our times. Which leads me to my point about the Twitter and 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 Facebook social media thing. It was unanimous among the people who spoke up. I was listening to Morning Jose on MSNBC this morning as I flipped around. And it was unanimous among the people who opened their yaps that the government needs to step in and regulate Facebook and Twitter and social media in general. Because that is now our information sources. And the idea that they can be unregulated and just the Wild West is no longer access, uh, 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 no longer acceptable. Well, Newt Gingrich said the same thing, and he's a 
conservative. Well, he, he he's they, wrong. He said they need to be regulated like a utility. He is completely wrong. You have to get hip to the times. You have to understand. You have to learn. You have to have your radar up at all times. I'm not doing an online dog ad now. Do I want, you know, the, the, well, obviously you can't have a scam. That's already illegal. Do I want, you know, Google to be government regulated? No. No, well, I don't. And the, the cure will be way worse than the disease. Oh, I believe that a hundred percent. But, uh, should we change the laws then? Um, if you want to advertise anything on television, there are a gaz- you have to hire a team of lawyers to make sure you 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 meet all the various. You hear the disclaimers at the ends of various ads that we run on this station, and and it's ridiculous. You have to prove that your spaghetti sauce is indeed twenty percent more garlic or more garlicky than the the competitor, or mm-hmm. you can't put that on the label. Right. Uh, are we going to continue to have that ridiculousness? But let everything online just be whatever the hell it wants. They can claim anything. Yes, because the the criminality is, if if indeed it should be criminal, a lot of those regulations are so stupid. Well, that's what I'm saying. Are you going to get rid of the stuff on TV if you're going to allow? Because you can advertise to more people on Facebook than you can, as I pointed out earlier, on Sunday Night Football. Right, but the purpose, the person who perpetrates the falsehood is the criminal, not the not the medium. I mean. It's just you you can never cure this without going way beyond the bounds of what's appropriate if you're going after the uh the uh the medium it, so it, like you can't stop bank robberies by regulating their getaway cars right does that make sense is that a fair well, comparison it, it, well i think we're we're stretching it a little bit we we could work for a week to find the right metaphor but I mean, if, if we accepted an ad from, you know, Joe's, uh, Joe's uh, car wash and turns out that when you're in Joe's car wash, they took, uh, your valuables out of your car or whatever and sold them, we would have zero responsibility for that. There is no law that says we have to verify every aspect of the reliability of an advertiser. Thank God. Can you imagine it would end the business? There'd be way too much liability. But Joe's car wash is spending thousands of dollars on lawyers for a disclaimer that runs to the end that says Joe's car wash. And that's because Joe is regulated by some government agency. Well, right. So are you arguing to do away with that? In, in a lot of cases, yes. Not all cases. Because it seems ridiculous that we're going to continue to have that uh, where a few people are getting their information and nothing where but way see, more people again, are getting their information. That regulation is not on us. That's on the advertiser. That's what I'm saying. You've got to go after the person perpetrating the fraud and not the medium. Otherwise, you put the the medium in the position of being the police for every government regulation that affects every business. It's unworkable. We're going to talk to somebody from the Washington Post about this whole Twitter, Facebook thing. How about the political discussions, the fake accounts? Is it on Facebook and Twitter to make sure these people are real and not foreigners claiming to be Americans, for instance? It's up to, up to their customers and social pressure. It's not up to the government. It will destroy America. America's going to be destroyed, and Joe's for it. Well, if we're that weak, we deserve to be destroyed. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow, coming from you, that's surprising. Why? If we're that stupid, we are that stupid. Look around you. Oh, my God, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to talk. What Twitter said yesterday, well, they didn't really try very hard. They're busy. You think keeping all those hashtags in order is easy?
government's trying to figure out exactly how many fake accounts there were during the last election, and, and still are. This is happening today, not just last year. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm sure the Russians love this. The president yesterday lashed out at Facebook, of all things, for being anti-Trump, which forced Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, to defend his company. He said, every day I work to bring people together and build a community for everyone. And that's right. If this election has taught us anything, it's that Facebook really brings people together. <laughs> Zuckerberg did admit Facebook does bear some responsibility for all the fake news that abetted the Trump campaign during the election, but he insisted that overall Facebook gave ordinary people a voice to help millions of people learn how to vote. Right? Facebook helps democracy the same way hurricanes help us water our lawns. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That is some pretty good analysis. And that is the question, as we were just discussing. What is the responsibility of Facebook and Twitter, for instance, to, uh, to, 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 not, to not have people on there spreading around uh, stuff that ain't true? I don't know. Karen Demergen of the Washington Post is reporting on this with her colleagues. Uh, we'll have a link so you can read that uh, very good piece uh, this morning. She joins us now. Welcome. How are you? Good. How are you? We're we're fine. Thank you. So, uh what was uh what was said? What was asked? How'd the hearing go yesterday? So, this was a um it was two closed-door meetings between Twitter executives and staffers, investigative staffers for the intelligence committees in the House and Senate. And basically, they were were meeting because, you know, there there has been concern about these Russian-backed accounts um of for various social media sites and the influence they had in the election. The upshot of those meetings, though, is that people were extremely disappointed. Um, and by people, I mean the investigators were extremely disappointed by how it went. They thought that Twitter was not being particularly um, active about their investigation, that Twitter had found these 201 accounts, but basically they were just looking into people and, and, and identities that Facebook had already identified as being suspect, not digging into their role. So the response was, you know, it was extremely disappointing, and then some people were even questioning whether Twitter had the capacity to police its own um, it, its own network. I mean, you probably signed up for a Twitter account before. It's pretty easy. There's not very much vetting that goes on, right? So, sure, there are, um, there are now, estimates that a significant percentage of Twitter accounts are fake. Right, exactly. And now we're actually in a situation where those fake accounts may have helped swing at least public sentiment surrounding an election, and that's a serious thing that people are asking Twitter to be a little bit more responsible about. And the response, I mean, the, the reception of what they've been doing is either you're not trying hard enough or you don't have the capacity to actually try harder, and that's even scarier. Well, an aside, or maybe this factors into the hearings yesterday, I wish we could stop talking about it in the context of the election because everybody gets dug into their sides because, you know, that that's over and done with. And it, it happened this past weekend, as we know. There were hashtags out there about the NFL and kneeling during the National Anthem or standing during the National Anthem. The Russians are still jerking us around. And we shouldn't even focus yeah. on the Russians because it could be anybody domestically or foreign that's putting out stuff. Sure. Although, you know, although in this case we're focusing on the Russians because there does seem to be a concerted campaign sure. going on that may have been directed by the head of state. And, and, there's, and we've got a political ideological rivalry for, you know, just 
the balance of the world order that's been going on with Russia for a long time. It was part of the Cold War. It continues to be something that we're worried about today because it affects everything from Europe to the Middle East to North Korea, frankly. So, you know, and, and the elections, I think I, I, I agree with you that it's difficult to have a broader discussion about this because everybody gets so ingrained in their partisan politics when you talk about the election and the Trump versus Clinton stuff. But the thing is, that, like, the election is one of these rare touchstone moments where you can say, okay, this is where it actually happen in a way where we can kind of like it's a focal point it's something that affects every single american of the age where they can actually you know vote it's something that kind of cuts right to the heart of what we consider to be the most treasured aspects of our right. you know democratic system which well is not only we that but special, i find right? jack's so. effort to deflect attention away from the russians to be highly suspicious <laughs> and very odd very odd jack, right? <laughs> yeah so uh before you came on we were discussing some of the kind of constitutional aspects of the idea of um, uh, serious uh, regulation of uh, social media. And I happen to see the world and the government and the Constitution in a way that is very, very different from Adam Schiff, for, uh, for instance, or uh, Mark Warner, who are both uh, quoted in your, your piece here. Uh, is anybody talking about serious government regulation of social media, or are they asking forcefully for a little more patriotism out of these people? At this point, it's the latter. They're asking for a little bit more effort, and because they want sort of to take this more seriously. I think the most that you're hearing them say is, well, we'll consider the idea of, you know, subpoenaing them if it gets to that point. But that's, again, for information that they have that might be relevant to an investigation. It's not to pass a law, basically, that says you have to open up your books to us every single time the government wants to come calling. I mean, look, the government is starting to monitor social media more closely in this day and age that we have of homegrown terrorism and things like that. A lot of social media, I mean, a lot of what we post on social media is very public, so that is kind of a no-brainer of a place for the government to for the government to pay more attention. Um, but anytime you end up getting into a, a question of, you know, uh, is the government going to be more involved in regulation or be able to, like, take the information that's actually private or the, 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 the information that you hand over to the companies that do do that vetting, you always have a backlash. I mean, this country, it's not been that long since we went through the metadata collection, right? And this is a, and, and we have bad feelings about that. Right now, you know, there's even an ongoing quieter argument happening over whether Congress is going to reauthorize the, 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 the FISA wiretapping, which lets us look at foreigners overseas, basically. I mean, anytime you have anything come up, and, and, and the, the wiretapping is a much more high-level, you know, we're talking about foreign... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Agents that we've already think might be, you know, wreaking some, some havoc in the states situation versus just, you know, yours and my Twitter accounts. You still have privacy advocates pushing back on that. So this is not like it's going to happen quietly and go away and hmm. nobody yet is talking about rip up the whole system, pass a law that basically just lets us, you know, dig in. And you even heard, even though I don't think this quite made it into our article, because you can't squeeze 11 minutes of a senator talking into one article. Thank God. But, you know, even people, yeah, I know, even people like Warner yesterday were saying, look, we understand that, you know, sites like Twitter uh, or, um, you know, outfits like Twitter play a really important role 
in other countries where, you know, third world countries where you have super repressive governments, it's the only thing that actually is open and lets people talk and express themselves. That's just not the case in America. So we have to be able to find some sort of better balance. And we just need Twitter to kind of step up to the plate a little bit more in this one and just tell us who's abusing the system because it, it's abuse of the system that they that of Twitter, basically. I mean, it, it hurts Twitter's reputation, too, when this fake stuff can be circulated and it uses a pawn, basically, to, to screw with the public sentiment surrounding pretty darn serious things like elections. That's the job of talk radio. <laughs> nice. Exactly. That, too. Well, well there you go. You can volunteer. <laughs> I'm sure they take whatever help they can get. Hashtag top-notch reporting. Yeah. Karen Demergen of the Washington Post. Always enjoy it when we get a chance to talk. Thanks a million. Thank you. It's the job of talk radio to screw with the public sentiment. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, quit working our side of the street. I can't imagine how we're going to fix this, and I don't believe, as you seem to believe, I don't believe that we are able to <laughs> come up with like a freedom-free market solution to it. I think we're just going to be a bunch of angry, scared groups of people running in various directions over stuff that isn't true. <laughs> well, every election. Well, imagine that, being able to incite the masses into uh, anger and hysteria. I mean, they welcome to humankind. There's just, there's no cure that's not worse, worse than the disease. You know, if I'm in Twitter and I hear freaking Mark Warner, who, I, you know, I was going to use polite language because we're among a classy, uh, uh, classier sort of person there, a post reporter. Mark Warner is full of crap, and Adam Schiff is worse. I can't stand him. He is a lying, slithering worm of a man. If I'm Twitter and they say, I- we found this to be completely unacceptable, this uh, testimony, this report, I'd say, all right, sorry, I'm not, but I'll say it to get out of here. You don't like the quality of my report to Congress? Sorry. I'm not compelled to come and tell you how I run my business. Unless you're afraid they're going to start regulating like a utility, like Newt Gingrich says they ought to do. Never freaking happen. Never, never, never. You don't think? Boy, if you got Newt Gingrich talking about it and the Democrats talking about it, you might come up with enough people that it could happen. I I don't think it'll get... Thank God we have a a court system. It'll It'll be killed in the courts. Depending, I mean, if it's something very mild... Um, you know, some sort of regulation where they have to cooperate if there's a legitimate national security investigation, blah, blah, blah. Of course, that gets abused every single time, but I just, it, it, help me understand what sort of regulation we're talking about. No, I can't imagine what it would be. I can't imagine what it would be. Yeah, that's what I'm, I don't even, I'm I don't even have a fanciful idea of what it would be. And I'm sure Twitter's thinking the same way. How would we police this if we wanted to? First of all, we don't want to. Twitter's original thing was just a free flow of whatever. People can do whatever the hell they want on here right. until they booted Milo Yiannopoulos off because they didn't agree with him. Because all the social <laughs> justice warriors screamed at him, right? right. Which but, was cowardly and pathetic, Twitter. But their original idea, and still to a certain extent, is just that's not our job. We're just going right. to let it's just like a big giant, uh, you know, bar where everybody's sitting around talking and people can say whatever the hell they want. Now, if the United States Congress wants to drag in the head guy from Twitter and say, you guys are being used as a tool of the KGB, you lazy scumbags, why don't you take a look at who's on your your business there and make sure it's not a foreign intelligence service trying to screw our country and and, and yell at them and lecture them and, and drag them into the public square and tell them, go ahead, explain uh, uh, why you're a tool of the KGB. I'm okay with that. I don't have any problem with that. I just, you can't tell, you can't. 
go Newt on them and, and quote-unquote regulate the social media. I'd like to hear more of what Newt has to say on that, because um, I can't imagine what it would be. I don't know. Are you, can you force Twitter to verify the identity? I'm not sure they can even do it. Well, given their current financial state, I'm pretty sure they can't. But in a perfect world, if they had the money, they'd well, have how to, can the government compel them to do that? They'd have to spend like a... Who knows, $100 per user to try to verify their identity. It would be a completely different thing than it is now, yeah. where I can start an account right now called Jack Armstrong's Shoes, and Jack Armstrong's Shoes can comment on whatever it wants from any political angle it wants to. Right. Um, it'd be a, So Twitter would com- change completely overnight. i got to look into selling fake dogs on the Internet. That's hot. There's something that I've experienced largely through the, the vehicle of playing video games, but... In terms of online interaction with other people, get the gong ready, Jack. If you want <laughs> the, the game, the games that are free to play and allow you to kind of anonymously create an account are traditionally far more toxic in terms of behavior mm. than the ones where there's a, a an actual email sign up required or a some sort of a payment up front. Even an email sign up. Weeds out a lot of people. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. interesting yeah. That, that's I've, your one dollar cover yeah, charge I, principle. Yes. I've always said I want all yeah. festivals to charge a dollar. You eliminate that worst part of humanity by charging one dollar. <laughs> yeah, because with the free and anonymous, you you can just act however you want. And worst case scenario, your account gets banned, and you just make another free and anonymous yeah. account. Right. Yeah, maybe that's it. Charge everybody a buck to be on Twitter. I think the uh, public boy right under the gong deadline too. Jack, oh, yeah. Jack, the, the yeah. Sean, positive Sean gong. <laughs> it goes on too long. Too didn't, wordy. Didn't get to use it. I also think the public utility uh, metaphor is a poor one because you can't have unlimited numbers of of uh, utility poles and wires and electric companies uh, operating in the the cities of America. You can have an unlimited number of internet. A social media site. We're talking about Facebook and Twitter. The next big thing may start this afternoon that dwarfs Facebook and Twitter. It is possible, unlikely but possible. Five, six, seven years from today, we're making jokes about Facebook and how utterly irrelevant it is. Like it's MySpace, yeah. Right, yeah. Sure, oh, I think that's probably likely. Right. So, yeah, they're not. it's not like a public utility. And it's not like uh, radio and TV, for instance, because there are a limited number of frequencies that can be used. The public owns the airwaves, and you have to get a license from the government to operate. So I, that's a little different situation, too. I agree with the difficulty of it and the free speech issues and that sort of stuff, but we are not going to be able to survive it as a democracy. <laughs> we just won't. Well, again, if we're that weak, we will go away. I think human beings, not our society, I think human beings in general, I think we just can't handle it. A mishmash of all kinds of conversation out there. And then we will have... Cannibalism in the streets. A planet of the apes. <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable. Except your new ape overlords. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Sonic attacks prompting the U.S. to pull diplomats out of Cuba and issue a travel alert to Americans. you got immigration raids going on in sanctuary cities. And is Millionaire's Bacon the new avocado toast? Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Gay. I don't know what Millionaire's Bacon is, but it sounds great. There's so much crap in there, I can't even tell what he's talking about. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Get your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! So Melania Trump has fired back at the moronic librarian who, uh... Who said their library will not accept her gift of Dr. Seuss books because they are racist. Right. So more on that coming up. They're who supremacist. 
Why are they racist? What are the examples of them being racist? I have that for you, too. It's just amazing. Right now, let's get the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, the State Department pulling out all families of employees and non-essential personnel from Cuba after that string of mysterious sonic attacks against U.S. diplomats, which has left some of them with permanent hearing loss. The American embassy is going to continue to operate, but with a dramatically reduced staff in the U.S., now issuing a travel warning to Americans about going to Cuba. Now, despite the harassment, some U.S. diplomats are telling CNN they did not want to leave, saying the reductions likely played into the hands of whoever was behind the attacks. It's an act of war. You torture our people? That is an act of war. I uh, Bomb I, Havana! I'm still amazed that this isn't getting more attention. Anyway, they uh, the diplomats are worried it's going to leave the embassy understaffed during a crucial period where Raul Castro is expected to step down as president of Cuba. Meanwhile, you got nearly 500 illegals in custody after a nationwide immigration sweep targeting sanctuary cities. The ICE raids, part of Operation Safe City, zeroing in on immigrants in cities that limit cooperation with the immigration officials like San Francisco, San Jose, and L.A. The officials say that more than 60% of the ones who got arrested had previous convictions for a variety of crimes. Now, ICE is saying sanctuary jurisdictions that do not honor detainee or detainers or allow us access to jails and prisons or shielding criminal aliens from immigration enforcement and creating a magnet for illegals. As a result, I says it's forced to dedicate more resources to conduct at-large arrests in those communities. And we've got the, uh, oh, I want to bring this up. There's something called Millionaire's Bacon. It's an upscale side dish similar to candied bacon. It's really taking off in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, boy. Center-cut bacon, about a half an inch thick before cooking. Slabs of pork covered with sugar and cayenne pepper. Somebody's going across the street to buy bacon today. Half an inch thick? I need need bacon now. I need bacon right now. Then the bacon is cooked in an oven at low temperatures for a few hours. Two slices being sold at some high-end restaurants for $7 a slice. Chronicle says purveyors of the pork are calling it a bacon steak. Have you ever done the thing where a you bacon steak? Where you you smother it in mustard <sighs> and then you roll it in uh, brown sugar and oh, bake yeah. it. Oh yeah, and caramelizes it. Oh, yeah. oh that is so good. Yeah. I might do that this weekend. I'll do something similar. Any sort of time on that sort of like Super Bowl party thing, my go-to treat is you you cut up hot dogs, you wrap them in bacon, you pour brown sugar on it, and then you yeah. just bake it until it caramelizes. What's not to like with that? Perfect. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. You people eat like nine-year-olds. I've got such a load of crap coming up for you. <laughs> oh, such yeah. a load of crap. Wow, what a it's tease. A good tease. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's revolving around this whole Dr. Seuss is uh, the, the the books are racist thing. That is a, a story today. Just so such a load of crap. And coming up, if you've considered getting your eyeball tattooed, oh. and you haven't, you need to hear this story first. Is it a warning? Before it's a chilling warning, Jack, for those who thought about getting their eyeball tattooed. Oy. Turns out. Getting your eyeball tattooed might not be a good idea. This is fortuitous. I had an appointment at 1. I can't wait to hear this story. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I'm really digging into this story. 
about the librarian who rejected the Dr. Seuss books that Melania Trump gave to the library. Um, the thinking behind it, that whole movement, is just, it's unbelievable. Right. The stuff I got for you coming up, stay tuned. It's just, it's incredible. What she and like-minded things have said and believe. Uh, it's like a voluntary mental illness. Wow. And they're in charge of teaching kids. It really makes me sad. Look at the video we have linked at armstrongandgettyradio.com of the social justice warrior chick who steals a guy's hat and won't let it go, and her rantings and ravings. That is somebody who is disturbed. I mean, at some point, ideology gone wild is a mental condition. Yeah. Because it makes you do terrible things on all uh, all directions of the spectrum, obviously. So it turns out we've got a conspiracy amongst us? Yeah, the the Cubans, clearly, uh, torturing our people with the various, uh, you know, inaudible yet damaging frequencies and hurting, the, permanently damaging their hearing, hurting their brains, et cetera, et cetera. Marshall, what did you stumble across? Well, you know, the U.S. is going to be pulling out staff. They're going to be pulling out the staff's family from the U.S. Embassy in Cuba. They're issuing travel alerts to Americans. Don't go to Cuba. Well, the conspiracy theorists are going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, 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 the Trump administration's not all that hot on restoring relations with Cuba. Maybe the U.S. is attacking our own people to set up a reason to pull back. Michael, uh, do you have the ding, like when somebody answers a question correctly? Uh, do you have that handy? Exactly, Marshall! Exactly! Precisely the sort of story the Russians planted. Oh, I'll yeah. I'll bet you $50. Yeah. That is yeah. a Russian fake news story. Good point. We gotta to keep... whip up conspiracy theories. Yeah. That's another one of their techniques. Yeah, we got to keep our eye out for that more in the future. Uh, if our government did do that, then then it doesn't matter what you think about anything today. We're so far off the rails, there's no fixing it. So Since we're aware, if you've been following this at all, that the Russians have been doing exactly this mm-hmm. since the Soviet days. Now, they've used whatever media are available to them. Right. Going back 10 years, what percentage of 9-11 truther sites, uh, etc., were Russian perpetrated? I would like to know yeah, that. Good question. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was no kidding. In that post article, they were talking about in the wake of the uh, the Ferguson, uh, Missouri fracas. Mm-hmm. They were sending ads to black areas, targeting through social media, especially, right. which is wonderfully effective uh, for uh, for spreading hatred and anger. Um, black areas, they were talking about how the white man's coming for you, and and are you going to lay there and take it, or aren't you? And then they target white areas and say these black savages are coming for your goods. Are you going to take that? Simultaneously. That's what the Russians are doing. And it's working. Yeah. Well, to some extent it is. Although, well, yeah, to some extent it is. The media, as always, is biased toward conflict. If somebody's angry, they put a camera in front of their face. The 5,000 people standing next to them saying, that dude ought to calm down, get no airtime. So I don't think it's quite as crazy as it seems. What's not as crazy? The Russian the, success? Or no, the, the, well, yeah, and uh, and just the state of the American people. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of people that forward around that stuff without checking into it at all. Oh, right? God, I just looked up and saw a psoriasis commercial. That should not be on TV. <laughs> and I, with all due respect to those of you, well, it's herpes zoster. With all of you with painful skin conditions, you have nothing but my sympathy and my hopes that right. you're cured right. soon. Uh, but you don't got to show it to me on TV. All of a sudden, I look up, and this guy's Torso's just full of sores. Ah! Ah! If I've got Not it, I know what it I know what it looks like already. So Marshall is gonna go downstairs across the street to the little restaurant and yes. get some bacon for us during the news because uh we all heard your bacon story. Somebody texted to my husband just said he had a, a pork asm 
Listen to your story. <laughs> well played, Seth. Excellent. Excellent. And well passed along. So Thank that's you. what those are. <laughs> Orgasm. I'm not going to be eating that. Pig's a, pig's a filthy animal. Mm. Uh, let's see. So 24-year-old Cat Gallinger's fun excursion into body art ended in horror when an eye tattoo. <laughs> we'll give you all a moment to recover. I'm sorry. It sounded like you said an eye tattoo. <laughs> like Let's... a letter I. The letter I tattooed N- on her arm. No. Unfortunately, no positive, Sean. Her eyeball indeed tattooed. It left her partially blinded and oozing purple tears. No way. Oh. Way. So what was the tattoo of? Well, she wanted to get the sclera, which, as we all know, is the white part of the eye. Oh. Tattooed purple. Because she thought that would, like in a wing shape. I saw the, the oh, picture of God, her. Oh, God, that hurt. Thinking about it. Right. So she thought it would look really cool to have a purple eye. Let me punch you. <laughs> now the young model is sharing her story in the hopes that others won't make her same mistake. No, see, others don't need no. to be warned about that. No, others won't, dear. Regular people think, nah, eye tattoo would be a bad idea. They don't need any warning from an internet model. In a post shared several times, several thousand times on Facebook, and not in a mocking way, I'm certain. Gallinger, who is from Canada. Oh, she's a Canadian. Oh. Explained how a recent attempt to tint the whites of her eyes purple nearly cost her vision. The artist apparently did not dilute the ink, injected too much of it oh, into her eyeball. Jeez. And did not have enough injection sites on her eyeball. Now remember to jab me in the eye lots of times. So has this... Oh, I know. Has this tattoo artist been arrested that was willing to jab needles into someone's eyeball? Because they ask? I don't actually know that. But if you're thinking, maybe I will go to an amateur eye tattoo artist. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'd ask you to rethink that. Worth revisiting the story, so the president's wife, doing the first lady thing, decided to donate Dr. Seuss books to kids' libraries. Meaningless, harmless gesture. No, no, it didn't go that way. Librarian rejects it. The books are racist. So we'll hit you with the list of books that were <laughs> that were uh, donated and what the argument was. The Bible! All right. Some of the thinking behind it. It's just amazing. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. something that on its face would be less controversial is more banal is more innocuous than the first lady giving dr seuss books to libraries to help uh you know instill the love of reading in kids you would have to try very hard to come up with something more universally acceptable right um but it 
like everything else in the modern world, it's become a thing. And it, it doesn't matter where, but where was this library or the librarian said no? Massachusetts. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The fact that this exists anywhere. You and know, it turns out, as I dig into it... It's Cambridge, Massachusetts, college town. Hmm, yeah. But there are all kinds of uh, uh, articles and books that have been written um, and speeches given about... How awful Dr. Seuss and a bunch of other of our beloved childhood books and TV shows are uh, bad for kids. Hilarious. So it's a, it's a national phenomenon. So this particular librarian rejected the books. Now, here's the list of books, just to start with. Dr. Seuss books. You've probably read these yourself or to your little kids. I actually don't know because a little bug went ka We don't have that one. Oh, it's a good one. I believe you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know why he went ka Fascism. But uh, also... One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. The foot book, left foot, right foot, right, right, left foot, right. My kids love that one. Green red fish is a communist and should be investigated. Oh, the places you'll go. You know, you're typical. Love doctor. that one. Yeah, and so... Uh, Toward Bar- fascism. Bar- That's where you'll go. Barack Obama actually gave Dr. Seuss a, a posthumous uh, Medal of Freedom uh, honor and did a big thing and read all the places you'll go to a bunch of school kids and that sort of thing. So Barack Obama was perfectly okay with Dr. Seuss books. As is apparently Melania Trump. Do I like green eggs and ham? I like them better than fascism, Sam I am. <laughs> mm. But so this librarian who rejected these books said the uh, Cat in the Hat is based on racial stereotypes, as many of the characters are in these books, and we cannot have them in our library. She also called Seuss a bit of a cliche and a tired and worn ambassador for children's literature in her letter posted uh, yesterday of why they're rejecting the books. I find uh, Ludwig von Beethoven a tired and worn uh, representative of uh, putting notes together in music. Because that's what my kids, both my kids, said when they were two or three years old and still say today as we're still reading them. Well, this is kind of tired, Dad, because I know that school kids have been hearing these books for decades. Now, it's funny. They didn't occur to them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they request li- that one of them be read for the 403rd time. Yeah, in their limited worldview, they weren't aware of what a tired cliche Dr. Seuss was. What? what? A human being comes up with that. I can't a even imagine. <laughs> well, it's, uh, but like... again, a dumb one, Michael. I, I appreciate yeah. your yep. Yep. gentle bluntness. That cuts but through the clutter. I'm telling you, ideology trumps intelligence all the time. And also, it's not just about the books in and of themselves. Before Dr. Seuss was writing children's books, children's books were C. Jane, C. Jane Run. C-Spot. Well, right. He's, C-spot he's a genius run. and universally loved, unless you are so sick with your ideology that your your, your mind has been poisoned. The, 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 the cat in the hat? Racial stereotypes? I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to what oh, that is. Oh, there's more. It's is pretty, there? Oh, yeah, there's a lot more. Oh, I'll get boy. to what exactly they're talking about. It's hilarious. Oh, boy. Here we go. But um, So this this librarian who rejected the, the 10 Dr. Seuss books, partially because they're a tired cliche and racist. <laughs> She said, the librarian in me wishes that the first lady, first of all, this is driven by the fact that she hates Trump, right? We all get that, right? Oh, yeah. It's clearly. just you hate Trump and you hate that his wife gave books to the library and you had to come up with a reason to if fight If Michelle back. Obama gave them, the response would be, thank you. Yeah. Uh, she would preferred books that focused on themes like children standing up to racism, trying to connect with parents who are incarcerated because of their immigration status. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a great kid's book. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and to integrate aspects of other countries and, and their, of origin into new countries. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. That's what you're going to give kids a love of reading with that stuff. That's what you it, know, if you're talking about 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds, sure. Yeah, but you read these books. I've just done it. You can read them to a 2-year-old that don't even really understand anything yet. They love left foot, right foot, right, 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 or whatever it is. <laughs> they don't want to read about um, a, ch- a child who's trying to deal with their parents being d- <laughs> incarcerated due to immigration status. <laughs> I mean, God, that is, that is so freaking funny. Do you like assimilation or do you like humiliation? Um, so as this book was The Cat in the Hat Black that came out a couple of years ago, there was this thing for 20 years, Read Across America had been doing this thing on March 2nd, Dr. Seuss's birthday, where they would, uh, they would promote Dr. Seuss and all this different book stuff. It was all built around that because he was the, the face of children's reading because it helps kids learn to love to read until the book was the cat in the hat black came out and they had to rethink it with the growing scrutiny of racial imagery in the beloved children's books uh it started with uh a bunch of cartoons were unearthed that dr seuss had written way back during world war ii where he drew japanese um soldiers in cartoonish stereotypical ways Mm -hmm. which people now consider racism um it said, portraying the Japanese in a negative way. That's because the Japanese were trying to freaking kill us all. And likewise. And we were trying to kill them. It was a world war, according to some people. Um, and, and, that, and that's where it came from uh, that started the whole thing. But you just... I can't even believe that people even have this... Um, are able to get to this mindset. I mean, I don't know if they're like completely out of bounds crazy or they're just like really, really clever at jerking us all around. Oh, no, they mean it. I'm telling you, watch that video we posted at armstrongandgettyradio.com. You will look into the face of the ideologically insane. I'm trying to find it. I lost, them. I lost my list on my phone here. Hold on a sec for a second. I'll go back to this. Um, the Oompa Loompas. This other guy who wrote this article oh, got yeah. into that. Yeah. And the problems with the, uh, the poor Oompa Loompas. We all, we all feel bad about them. Well, how about unsafe working conditions? Let's start there. People getting sucked up into various tubes and pulled down nightmare rivers in the workplace? Uh, Oompa Loompas of the world unite. Why am I having so much trouble finding this? I apologize. Listener. I don't know. Oh, um, this guy wrote a big article about Dr. Seuss and just children's literature in, uh, general about the Oompa Loompas and how that was obviously a slavery is what was going on there. And it was teaching children to be okay with slavery. And then what you need to do at the end of a movie like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is you need to ask children, would you be happy working in a factory and being in prison there? <laughs> if you ask any kid if they want to work in a candy factory and they are never allowed to leave the candy factory, right. their answer will be yes. No, you don't understand, kids. You don't, Would you like to be there and be forced to work and never allowed to leave? Yes. No, 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 no. You're not listening to me. You're supposed to ask the children, did you notice that the Oompa Loompas were of a different color, but the owner who owned them was white? Right. And what does that mean? Anybody, anybody who, anybody who saw that movie, did did anything within a million miles of that even cross your mind well, when you watched your, that movie? That's your Wonka privilege, because <laughs> he's like you. 
The uh, problem with the cat in the hat is his minstrel-like appearance. That's what my kids were noticing when they were three years old, because yes. they are, of course, steeped in the knowledge of minstrel shows. Yes. I uh, taught them that first, so they would have a point of reference. Well, just because they're not knowing they're being duped into white supremacy doesn't mean they're wrong, Jack, that the, these people are wrong. The minstrel-like appearance, right. The hat and the umbrella. Minstrels always with umbrellas. What they found more troubling was the racist images hidden in plain sight in Seuss's most popular picture books. Uh, this person who holds a master's degree in social work who wrote the article. Oh, boy. A- if you meet anybody under any circumstances, any setting, with a master's degree in social work, run for your life. In Dr. Seuss books, 98% of the human characters are white. Only 2% of people are of color, where all the characters are of color. The cat in the hat and the black-faced minstrel act. In addition to how people of color are portrayed in his children's books through Orientalist and anti-black stereotypes and caricatures, they're almost always presented as subservient and peripheral to the white characters. The trees have fur instead of bark in these books. These are not supposed to be snapshots of what I looked at when I when I <laughs> view my, through my window. She points, she points out that the cat in the hat, perhaps Seuss's most famous character, is based on minstrel stereotypes. The cat's physical appearance, including the cat's oversized floppy hat, floppy bow tie, white gloves, and frequently open mouth, mirrors actual blackface performers, as does the role he plays as entertainer to the white family in whose house he doesn't belong. Because mm. that's what, that's also what I thought as a kid. Point. I see, clearly, because I am, as a three-year-old, steeped in minstrel history, He is uh, he's wearing the minstrel garb. His mouth is always open. And he is subservient to the white characters, and he doesn't belong in the house. So black people are actually cats? <laughs> is, that, is that what we're supposed to learn from this? So my question to you is, do these people actually believe this, S? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do they think my kids reading that book are more likely to be in favor of slavery or think black? I don't know how they would ever even... Work black people into their consciousness consciousness while reading The Cat in the Hat. But this person thinks they come away with thinking black people should be subservient and entertain us? No, yeah. yeah it's a, you it's believe, an unspoken message. You believe they believe that? 100%. God, I don't see how well, you yeah, could I've get talked that, to these people. I don't see how you could get that crazy. Oh, number one, it proves how incredibly enlightened they are, so they are revered by their mob. And uh, number two, it, it makes them uh, a celebrity within their academic circles. They're, they get a lot of attention, a lot of praise, a lot of, you know, lauding of their, uh, their discoveries. Especially because if you go up against anything that's traditional and American, you get a lot of automatic credit, credit in the, uh, you know, the academic circles. So yeah, it's, it's a giant ego jerk off. And to a large extent. Plus they actually believe this stuff. And they think that that was Dr. Seuss's intent when he was writing the book, was to try to perpetuate racism or something or something i am going to next time well my kids have never seen willy wonka in the chocolate factory if they do after the movie we will ask those questions as suggested by that author what do you how do you think they felt being slaves sam they had a chocolate river dad it's awesome i don't like the look of it it's unbelievable. I mean, it, I, I honestly can't believe it. Our text line is um, 415-295-KFTC. Love to hear your opinion on that. Are you going to burn your Dr. Seuss books today, having heard this? 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
have a rule that requires our players to stand for the anthem. It's been our rule as long as I've been involved with the league. And my expectation is that our players will continue to stand for the anthem. There you go. That's the uh, commissioner of the NBA saying everybody's got to stand for the anthem. That's just part of the league. That's how you handle it. And then it's over. No, it's not. Then what do you do if they don't stand, though? You kick exactly. them out of the league? Sure. Fine them. In a Fine league em. that's whatever it is, 80% black? Right. Assuming it's black players that are kneeling, I don't know that it would be, but it probably would be. And I haven't seen the numbers. I, I would guess that the fan base is uh, uh, blacker. <laughs> I love when people say stuff like that. Uh, it, there's probably a higher percentage of African-American fans of basketball than football, I would guess. So after... Positive, Sean, you're a basketball fan. Uh, I'm, I'm not, white. Well, well, yeah, but you go to a lot of basketball games. No, no, I, mean, I, I would say that's... Probably a little higher. Yeah, than, than the NFL. Yeah, I would yeah. say that's a, that's a safe guess, yeah. And considerably higher than baseball, which used to be super popular among uh, black folks, but now, not so much. So after my kids watch Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I'm supposed to say to them, would you be happy working in a factory and being in prison there? Why are most of the main characters white, and what does this mean to you? Um, it was uh, can, in England. Can you imagine <laughs> anybody actually doing that with like their five-year-old? Uh, England in the early part of the 20th century was uh, very, very white. Dad, I'm not sure I understand your question. And tonight, instead of reading the childhood classics we usually read, we're going to read a book focused on children standing up to racism and trying to connect with parents who are incarcerated because of their immigration status. <laughs> like these One are... fish, two fish, red fish, incarcerated fish. <laughs> Those all seem like perfectly kind of fine questions to discuss in some sort of college class about the impacts of whatever, whatever, but why are you trying to have those conversations with a five-year-old? I don't know. I can't even imagine. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. And you know, this conversation fits in with what we're about to switch to, because how quickly things have changed. So you have Barack Obama, what was that, 30 years ago? 20 years ago? No, a year ago. (laughs) Barack Obama, a year ago, the President of the United States was hailing Dr. Seuss as one of the great treasures of America. Right. And now... It seems acceptable, I guess, for librarians to reject Dr. Seuss books because it's racist. Same thing with the whole free speech movement and Antifa and that sort of thing. It wasn't that long ago that uh, your average liberal would have said, no, 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 people get to say what they want. And right. now you got people beating down people in the streets just for demonstrating peacefully. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the chunk of the media is accepting it for some reason. Well, Alan Dershowitz, who we've had on the show before, he's a professor at Harvard, and uh, he's an interesting dude. He was part of the O.J. Simpson uh, dream team, for instance. Hey, gal's got to make a living. And um, I often agree with him. I often don't agree with him. He's a, he's a hardcore Democrat. He pushed Hillary hard, but he's also a big free speech guy. And he, it's, he was on Tucker Carlson saying some interesting stuff about where we are with Antifa. Well, I think employees are different than students uh, because they're supposed to be role models. Students are supposed to listen to them. And while you use a private university, and I think the president would be well within his rights to fire a professor who advocates violence, particularly to students, because it's students who are joining Antifa. It's growing by leaps and bounds. And he's justifying not only violence, but violence to suppress free speech and academic freedom. I guess the implication of what he saying is if a teacher gets up in class 
and pronounces a view that he regards as sexist, it would be okay for the students to get up and beat up the teacher. Uh, right. Or like the student uh, the other day in New York, in the Bronx, pull out a knife and kill a fellow student who is expressing a contrary view. Where does it end if one side can use violence to stop oppression? Oppression is in the eye of the beholder. What does the other side do in response? That's interesting stuff. Well, it seems so incredibly oh, self-evident yeah. to most people. And, mm-hmm. and then the response from the Antifa uh, crowd is that, well, they, they've got to ratchet up. They've got to grossly inflate the, the so-called dangers. They've got to equate speech with actual violence. They've got to then say, we're under attack, we're being assaulted. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't call speech violence and then say, I've been assaulted. No, no, no. But that's how they justify all of it. I want to hear the other one. As if they're defending themselves against the violence of his speech. Oh, shut up. Please. I've also been invited to speak at Berkeley. Mm. But Berkeley has said, I can't speak there because I'm, quote, a high-visibility person. Which is and, true. And if you're high visibility, you have to give eight weeks notice. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Unless you're invited by a department. Now, here's the trick. Departments invite anti-Israel speakers all the time, so they don't have to go through the eight-week thing. But they don't invite pro-Israel speakers. So we have the eight-week barrier, whereas anti-Israel speakers don't have the eight-week barrier. And I'm going to sue so Berkeley wait, wait, wait. if they don't allow me to speak. If They may make me wait eight weeks and allow anti-Israel speakers to come within three or four that days. Is- That's a lawsuit. Wow, Alan Dershowitz is not allowed to speak at Berkeley. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. Alan, they're not going to be able to defend that suit. They have no money because of those thousands and thousands of UC employees who make over a hundred grand a year in retirement. So I think they won't even be able to hire any lawyers. The, I like I liked his point about so if a professor started saying something you thought was sexist, <laughs> can you go up and uh, beat them up for it? Well, Antifa would think so. Well, yeah, and he's talking about the case of, as you know, you saw the the professor there who's writing a book about uh, your your violent leftists and seems to be in favor of them. Yeah, I'm glad Alan Dershowitz is an old school lefty who still believes in free speech. Mm -hmm. Thank God. The fact that the media is not more on the side of that. The ACLU still believes in free speech. Um, Usually. The media, for whatever reason, is not, not on board. Do, do you, he says the Antifa movement is growing uh, greatly, he said right there. Do you think it is? Yeah. yeah really? Yeah. Boy, that's, that's sad to hear. Well, I was it's attracting, hoping... attracting similar-minded, self-righteous people who think that uh, you know the, the sacred laws of human conduct don't apply to them because their cause is so righteous. Or there are people like that, and, and they've got a, a mantle. To, I mean, it's very similar to ISIS. You want to be part of history. You want an identity. You want to think, all right, why am I why am I alive? What's the purpose of my life? Now I have a purpose. It's intoxicating, especially for the young, which is why every violent revolutionary in the history of violent revolutionaries has recruited on college campuses. 
because you can convince idealistic hormonal young people about to do about anything. Going back to the books thing, I just had a thought. So you know how like um, this guy that died the other day, he was uh, one of the best fake news guys out there during the election. He was found dead the other day in Phoenix from drug overdose or something. But anyway, he'd, he'd made up a bunch of stories that he said it was really easy to trick the Trump fans into spreading around because mm-hmm. they were so hungry for the information. Yeah. Could I write, and I think I could write one in an afternoon, several, could I write uh, some sort of book about fascism or something like that, rhyme it, have really bad drawings, and sell it to this crowd? <laughs> Probably, yes. they want to put it in their schools, yes. in their libraries? <laughs> yes. Well, and since Dr. Seuss is, I, I remember in the Soviet days that you'd be rehabilitated, that, right. that you could be a villain, and then the next year the party says, no, right. no, he was actually a hero, and you've been rehabilitated. Right. Um, what's the opposite of that? When you when you fall out of the party line, the party's favors mm-hmm. their term for that. Now that Dr. Seuss has been, uh, you know, relegated to the bad communist. The gulag uh, of history. Right. We've got to uh, reprint his books. The fascist in the hat, three, green eggs and fascists. One fit, one fascist, two fascist, red fascist, blue fascist. Hop on pop because he's a fascist. Fascist in socks. Horton hears a everybody now fascist. That's right. That's what he heard. Yeah, right. You pen those today? Yeah, I'm, I'll so get to work. Sell them all over the country to those libraries. It's really quite freaking amazing. How about where's the Mexican Waldo? <laughs> Deport him. The idea of reading to my little tiny children a story about a little kid whose parents were incarcerated due to immigration status is just hilarious to me. Well, and it, what's especially stupid, I mean, because there's so much stupid here, it's, it's tough to even get your arms around it. But those books are for a completely different stage of reading. Of course. So, I mean, your your premise is ridiculous. Never mind your idiotic reasoning. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got tax reform panic now in D.C. with lobbyists frantically moving to protect their clients' best interests. I mean, it's like telling your kid, don't read Hop on Pop, read the Brothers Karamazov. It's much better. <laughs> what? West Coast politician says he is all for Trump attacking North Korea right now. And Elon Musk's plan to get you anywhere on the planet in under an hour. Yes, stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. Boy, wouldn't that be wild? How would that change the world if you'd be an hour commute from anywhere you want to be? Oh, man. Oh, the places you'll go, as Dr. Seuss put it, back when he was perverting the minds of our young. I will not hear that racist filth. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. People throughout the day, that's how crazy the world has gotten. It's just unimaginable. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is promoting his plan for a sweeping rewrite of the tax code to an audience eager for the proposed change. Trump is talking to the National Association of Manufacturers right about now. Meanwhile, there's panic in D.C. The New York Times reporting the GOP's release that promised massive revamp of the tax code has set off a scramble among Washington lobbyists and trade groups to protect valuable tax breaks and other deeply entrenched provisions in the code. The Times continuing the plan. Scant details make it hard to know what exactly is on the chopping block, but within hours of the plan's unveiling, flashpoints emerged over measures that supporters said could hurt the housing market, 
raise borrowing costs, and increase the tax burden on families in high-tax states. Well, you know, all right, that's going to be a big one. But this is interesting. This is a good uh, example of how it works. So you got the real estate lobby going right. crazy. Though the mortgage interest deduction will be preserved, Correct. real estate agents are warning that the proposal to double the standard deduction will make taxpayers less likely to itemize their return and claim the mortgage deduction. At the point where you're saying things like that, your tax code has gotten way too complicated and social engineering-y. It just has. I wish we could actually get down to the uh, unicorn idea of you could do your taxes on a 3x5 note card. Mm -hmm. Because that's the way Mm -hmm. it should be. And you do that through some sort of national sales tax or whatever it's going to be. Um, that they get the tax through. Because the idea that you have to hire a lawyer to find out right. how much money the government's supposed to take from you or you go to jail if you don't get it right is ridiculous. It's... I would lovingly mount that unicorn, Jack, and ride it toward justice. <laughs> San Diego area congressman would back President Trump if he wants to go to war with North Korea. Representative Duncan Hunter from El Cajon posted what he's calling an op-ed to his website. He says the U.S. needs to prepare for other alternatives to sanctions when dealing with the leader of North Korea, who Trump calls Little Rocket Man. Last week, Hunter called for a preemptive strike, saying North Korea is a third world country that managed to build a nuclear weapon. Old Dunk is uh, under a little pressure for some campaign finance stuff. And I wonder if he's just trying to rally the folks. I usually agree with him. Plus, I love hunting Duncans. I'm a Duncan hunter myself. I got some heads of Duncans on my wall. Every day that goes by, North Korea is getting closer to their goal of full-on proof, if they don't already have it, that they can put a, a nuke anywhere in the United States. And they may already be able to do it. We don't know. Getting anywhere on the planet in under an hour, one of the more intriguing possibilities that Elon Musk, the billionaire innovator, has raised as he unveiled plans for a new rocket. Musk is saying his rocket ship would both take off and land vertically like a space rocket. It would fly most routes, New York to Tokyo, for example, in about 30 minutes and anywhere else in the world in under an hour. That would be incredible. His presentation today in Australia, Musk was showing off plans for the so-called BFR rocket, which would also be able to bring satellites into orbit and cruise to Mars. He's talking about a smaller version of this rocket for travel around, you know, the Earth. But he's saying within five years, this is fully possible. You know, I'm not sure I can take six Gs. <laughs> so, yeah, taking off. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. the G-force would make your uh, Blue Angels experience look uh, like a minor incident. I, I would think. You would almost have to. Yeah, I don't... Granted, you'd, you'd be strapped into a chair, everything would be braced right. and everything, but... Right. Man, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I sure like the cut of Elon's uh, jib. He, oh, you know, yeah. between that and the Hyperloop and everything else he's come up with, man. What but it, but is the is the near future, you could have a business lunch in Tokyo this afternoon. Yeah. Oh, uh, how cool would that be? Take off, you want go to sushi, hon? Let's go to Tokyo. Be home at your regular time. Right. Of course, it probably cost a zillion dollars. Well, like everything, yeah. it'd get cheaper over time. Yeah. Has Elon Musk ever looked into the, the choo-choo train? Because that's California's big project for the future. The, the locomotive, the rails, etc. Good idea, Jerry. <laughs> I think Elon would have to have a time machine to look at the choo-choo. Oh, wait, no, we have them here. We have them in the future, don't we? How will 
we shoot the bison <laughs> from the hyperloop? That's uh, our governor, Governor uh, Brown. Thank you, sir. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. <laughs> I am off to get bacon. We have a number of people pointing out that the third schools, Dr. Seuss, is still revered. Well, I'm sad for you. I am sad for you. Right. They're at Adolf Hitler Elementary. Exactly. Fascists! That racist, fascist hell that is Dr. Seuss. The fighting Mussolinis. Um, Got silliness to come. Do you want silliness? These are serious times, Jack. No silliness? I've got a follow-up. Shel Silverstein, a Nazi. (laughs) He was a pretty bad Nazi. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't good at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean he's any less of a fascist. It's flu season again, and the advice they're giving you about flu shots is as confusing to me as it is every single year. <laughs> it's just sick enough. I'm coming across completely different views of what you're supposed to do. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yesterday, a little girl wore a pantsuit to Hillary Clinton's book signing in New York. Aww. Hillary's like, that is so sweet. Now are you going to buy a book or not? <laughs> and get out of here. <laughs> wow, that's the view. And scram, kid. People have of her. Uh, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We're going to talk to somebody uh, next hour who is trying to fight back against a homeless problem in their neighborhood and running into some obstacles. Drugs, violence, poo, etc. There's a backlash against them trying to get poop out of their neighborhood. The pro-poop lobby, it's the, the scumbags of Antifa, among other things. I was, I was looking at the automobile section of USA Today. They usually review new cars on Fridays. Kudos for using the term automobile, as so many people do these days. Horseless carriage is so out. <laughs> Uh, Lexus redid their flagship car for the first time in 10 years. Which one's that? That The big one. The biggest oh, the one. LS? Your flagship car yes. is your biggest one, right? Your biggest, most expensive one. And um, and so they redid theirs for the first time in 10 years. Grill is really weird looking. I don't like it. But anyway, it massages your ass. Which oh, I appreciate. finally. Seat massagers. So you oh, sit there. Yeah. Just needs your honey. Oh, yeah. Those automatic massagers always sound great. <laughs> They never really do the trick, do no, they? No, no. They kind of vibrate or jab at you. They're, off, yeah, they're often semi-painful. Yeah, there's the ones that have like the rotating knuckles that I'm just essentially <laughs> being prodded by a rolling yeah. pin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like cue balls being pushed right. on you really, really hard. <laughs> that's uh, that's not that good. Uh, so maybe theirs will be better or worse. I have no idea. Look at the grill on that. You like that? I don't like that. I don't know. Nice grill. grill. Oh yeah, that's kind of their grill lately. It's a weird look. Yeah, they're doing that grill. It says, not everyone will like that. Yeah, I would agree. But here's the one that caught my eye. This new amphibious RV that you can get. Now, it's kind of pricey, $850,000. But you can just drive it like... uh, What's the payment on that, monthly payment? (laughs) So you can just drive it to the river, the lake, the ocean, wherever you're going, and then just keep driving down the sand into the water. And now you're you're on a boat, you're just cruising around. (laughs) How freaking awesome is that? Run over sunbathers, (laughs) F.U. Chase me. Go ahead. (laughs) 
God, I want one of those. Oh, yeah. I know. Who doesn't? doesn't? Who doesn't? The so, Amphibicar, they tried to get that going in the 70s, though, and, and Dan Aykroyd was like the only guy who bought one. But the fact that it's a full-on RV, a full-on, you sleep in there, you got a kitchen, you got a bathroom RV, so you get to wherever you're going, wow. you just drive into the water, and maybe you're in San Diego, you get into the water, and you cruise up in the water all the way up to Portland or whatever. And then you drive back onto the road and drive down I-5. Ah, oh, come on. Maybe that's the way you take your trip. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> Dad, where are you going? The bridge is that way. We don't need bridges, son. That is so cool. We make our own roads. That might be my goal in life, to find a used one of those in a couple of years that I could afford. <laughs> wow. It's 32,000 pounds fully hmm. loaded. That's <sighs> awful heavy. What's the mileage? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to have a 6,000-gallon tank. It's how heavy? Uh, it says 32,000 pounds. <laughs> that seems Holy very crap. heavy. Yeah. Holy crap. That is really, really heavy. Yeah. You think? Because usually a car weighs like 6,000 pounds. That's And that's a big car. Yeah, a really big car would, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, three tons? That's a big-ass vehicle. Are they shirt floats? <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody tried it, or am I just going to drive blah, 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 we blah, didn't, blah? We didn't say it floated. <laughs> Yeah, the mileage is three in the city and five on the highway, probably. I'm sorry, you got the anchor package. You wanted the floating package? Awesome. If you put down 400K, the payment's only $10,000 a month. Fantastic. Those really big, fancy motorhomes, it's not uncommon for those to be that expensive. Oh, Um, yeah, you can drop a couple hundred, can't you, on like the super fancy ones? Yeah. Um, my, uh, My parents, when they winter at the RV park that they winter at, to come down out of the mountains so they're not in the snow so much. There's There was one person that used to be there that had one of those really expensive half-million-dollar ones. They'd won the lottery. Half-million? I didn't know you could... The, oh, yeah. The, really? Oh, yeah. The, like, the ones that wow. look like a tour bus that... Yeah. You know, that... Half-million? Uh, I had no idea. I have I have lusted for an RV more consistently throughout my life than anything but the act of love. They are great. Uh, the only th- I've never owned one. The only problem I have with my RV is I think, why didn't I get one of these earlier in my life? Honestly. Really? Freaking love it. Wow. My is it just because you have a bathroom in your car? That's a lot of it. Wow. All right. <laughs> well, that all right. and a place to sleep. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so awesome as a place. You just fully on lay down. But uh, give me give me the context. I mean, most of the time, where are you? what are you doing that you pull over and sleep? Just like your um, day-to-day life? I'll tell you, like, I had a doctor's appointment, like, uh, left work, had a doctor's appointment, had a yeah. little time to kill in between. I park in the parking lot, I, I just get into bed and go to sleep for oh 20 my minutes. God. Then I use the bathroom and go into my doctor's appointment. You're my hero. <laughs> you are my hero. Now, if I'd have had one, I, what I don't get is why I didn't have one before when I was single. Yes. And not for the tawdry. Oh, Gonna love you in my Chevy van, and that's all right with me. Not for those reasons, because I'm thinking there's not that many girls that 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 think that's cool. That hey, you want to hey, come out to my RV? I don't think you many people come see my RV. It's kind of George Michaelish, God rest his soul. But the I've had a few drinks and a big meal at this restaurant, and I walk out in the parking lot and I just get into bed. <laughs> <laughs> I just sleep for like an hour, hour and a half. Wake God. up at nine o'clock, use the bathroom, drive home. I love that idea. You know, I probably shouldn't be driving. No problema. I'm not. I'm sleeping <laughs> right into bed. Night all. <laughs> I am not coming home tonight. What? I'm not coming. I'm sleeping here. <laughs> Watch a little TV or whatever. Yes. Take a snooze. Oh, yeah. Get something out of the fridge. Have a bowl of cereal. Some drive bacon on. and eggs. <laughs> Cook it up on your little kitchenette and then drive on. <laughs>
And the bathroom is a big part of it. I want one so, so bad. Awesome. So bad. <laughs> now, if I had one that I could just drive straight on into the water, maybe I'll try that with mine this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah, good Sports. idea. works. Super. There's a plug? I didn't know there was a plug. Oh, boy. So, uh, listen, uh, thanks a million for listening. Have a great weekend if you got to go or they're putting on, uh, you know, some crazy show. we got another hour, though, for the folks who enjoy the award-winning fourth hour. If you want to take back your neighborhood, there's going to be opponents to that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.